radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. His backhand, it goes up and over the net. Ryan Johansson coming close, and he's got it again. In the corner, pulling back, puts it back line. One-timer scores! It's Subban again! Another blast for the point, and I think this one's going to be his. Taglia of Puck77.com. And I'm James Cole of Puck77.com. G'day. Yeah, g'day to you. G'day, uh, uh, happy holidays. Recording on a su- yes, I am on holidays. Thanks. Well, I mean, I'm doing this, so am I really? Hmm. <laughs> it's not really a break. I, I got to talk a, about the I worst league on... Yeah, exactly. I got to talk about the worst league on planet Earth, so... Yeah. Well, yeah. That's uh, maybe not the worst league in terms of how it, their, it its teams manage themselves. Mm, what? Ah, you know we don't have teams split in cities like other sports are. Ooh, uh, okay, yeah. Let's talk about that. The Tampa Bay Rayon Diable. Is that the that the French? The the Montreal Rayon Diable. Nice. Do no, it's like Rayon du Diable or something. The Montreal Bay Rays. Yeesh. Montreal Bay Rays. So what? What uh, you don't like that? You don't like that plan? I mean, I don't love the plan. I'm sure it'll work out great. It's just like. Why Why are we still clinging to life Life in Tampa Bay here? Like, why are the fucking... You know what I mean? No one goes to the games. The park is a shithole. You're not going to build a new park. So what are, what are you doing? What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're having a great season. You have a team in Florida that has to play inside 81 games a year. Who in Florida wants to sit inside unless it's a million degrees out? You know what I mean? So this, this park's practical like 20 games a year. But that's why you have retractable domes. That's why every other team has a fucking dome that just moves in and out. There's like six or seven of those now, at least. So I just mean, have like, that. It's not like it's not like Montreal has a stadium ready to go either. Like you're talking about building two stadiums. They don't have a stadium. But that's still just, I that's they why they do, that's why they had to leave in the first place. Is they 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 still have Olympic Stadium in Montreal, okay. but that should have been but replaced. It's just a yeah, in, in the late nineties. And they couldn't okay. get money to replace that. So is that where that? they've been, is when the Jays go there yeah. and shit, is that where they play? Yeah. Okay. Not great. Okay. I yeah. don't know. I've never been there. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of free agents will be knocking up at the front door. Yeah. Um, so I have to buy one house where? And the other. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my favorite part was the Tampa Bay mayor being like, uh, well, this plan doesn't make any sense. And you're like, okay, true, true. That we can't move until at least 2028. Where are you getting those numbers from? You probably don't even need to finish the season in Tampa Bay. Like, you could move now if there were another ballpark to move to. Teams have done it. Like, what are, what are we clinging to here? So, short of them building a new stadium and 
deciding they want to sure. invest in the market. Where do you, where do you go? Do you go back to Montreal full time? Anywhere or do you like Hartford? Ironically, Tampa Bay is the Florida of the major of Major League Baseball. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like who does anyone really care? Because the team was like really good at the start of the year, and no one cared. And now they're you know they're not as good, but they're still fine. They're doing fine. Yeah. They're fine. You know, Tampa Bay is like Oakland. Like they're just they're they're never like horrible. Like not anymore, anyway. Like, no. Under this new like general manager, but yeah. Okay. It's not good. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's nice. I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's just nice to see that the league I watch is not the only one uh, drowning within itself. Yeah. Um, to a degree. Yeah, I mean, like the, the funniest part is like the league that I think like has like is just like the most backwards fucking league to me is the NBA, which is like everyone's favorite league, and everyone thinks like Albert, Adam Silver does a good job, and like I, I don't see it. But like you know what I mean? Basically, what I'm saying is all these leagues are horrible. So it's a terrible leagues. We take the Panthers and we play half the games in Florida and we play half the games in Hamilton and we call it a day. That's uh, twenty too many games in Florida for all sure. Right. Yeah, right. um, yeah. I don't know. What a what a what a lovely topic to start the week with. Yeah. What an uplifting. We gotta we gotta set the tone here. You know, it's there were a lot of season. It's it's we're into baseball season, so it's... there were a few OHL writers that said at that point too that the original idea that someone proposed, you know, probably fifteen years ago now or whatever it was, of the team that splits the year between Sudbury and Thunder Bay because Sudbury wasn't doing great at one point. Like, that doesn't sound so crazy now when you compare it to the idea of a team that is playing in a different country half the year. And it's not like, it's not like the travel's easy in baseball. Like, everyone talks about hockey and basketball. Like, cry me a fucking river when the the fucking New York Mets have to play at City Field. What what, what am I looking for? Like, one ten in the afternoon on a, on a Wednesday. And then they have to be on the field in L.A. at, like, 1 o'clock on Friday, which is, like, you know, 4 o'clock their time. So it's, like, a 48-hour break at max. But you're still f- traveling and shit. Like, it's terrible. It's it's tight. It's not easy. It's not great. You know? Yeah. But, you know, you baseball, you're standing around a lot. You know? it's, it's... Well, yeah. <laughs> like, it's still, it's still tiring, but it's also not... Like, the thing is, is, like, if you're on a certain team and you play a certain position, there's a really good chance that you could go, like, you know, a game without doing anything other than swinging the bat. Yeah. yeah like, and if, if you're, you're a bad you're, batter, then maybe you're not even running the bases. If you're a third baseman, your pitcher's on a, on a good game and he's more of, like, a, you know, strikeout guy, eh, they might not even hit the ball towards you. You know what I mean? You don't fucking know. You don't. So that's all right. Yeah. Some days, you know, you get a day off without even a day off is what I'm saying. Basically what I'm saying is... I have no respect for baseball players. I'm just kidding. Oh, fair enough. I feel like every time I have the debate, like, the respect about baseball players or, like, the work ethic, I'm always on the other side. Like, I'm on the... I I have a lot of respect for baseball players and what they do, for sure. I don't think it's easy. Okay. I mean, like, I don't play the sport, so I I can't really comment, but... No. It just seems like they're doing a lot less than other athletes, I I guess, but... Uh, So, that being said, this week's episode is sponsored by the Thunder Bay Border Cats. Definitely go out and want now. Um, they're, not, they're not a heater right now. I have not seen them win since 2009. I, I saw a win. Okay. Uh, a couple days ago. That's I went out. First time the, the since... The game that you invite me to that I'm like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking win. I, like, just for people listening, like, I have seen 
I'm going to estimate anywhere between 50 to 70 Border Cats losses in a row. Yeah. If you think about it. No, that's... I go to about 10 games a year. I haven't seen them win in 10 years. Yeah. So it might be closer to 100. That's pretty wild, actually. It's fucked. Um, really. Like, even when they're bad, it's like how... Like, they still win 20, yeah. 30 games a year. How do you not see these wins? I think you they're know? on, like, a six-game winning streak that's right now. They've nuts. got back-to-back walk-off wins. Nice. It's, well, yeah, perfect it's... time for me to leave town tomorrow yeah, morning. Yeah, I guess so. Um, we should talk about hockey, because there's a lot to get into here. Um... As you guys know, uh, as I mentioned, I'm out of town this week. I mentioned it a second ago, so I'm just going to keep mentioning it here. I'm out of town this week. Um, you know, this is going great. I'm out of town this week. No, but really, um, we mentioned it, and James was initially going to do an episode without me, but I, here I am. You know, we're here we are. And what we're going to do is like a free agency preview slash draft wrap-up uh, this episode. So uh, the format we're going to do, we're going to do similar to the trade deadline. You know, remember when we had timers and we were timing and we're only going to spend so much time on a team. Um, I'll say maybe, I'll say six teams. We can go over the allotted three minutes or three and a half minutes. What do we like? We like three and a half. I like the three's easier to track. Three's easier to track. Okay. I got to get my, uh, my timer out here and I will start that timer. Our first team, for the free agent... Oh, yeah, I should explain this. Um, <laughs> listen, I know it's uh, I know it's fucking June, okay? I know it's June. It's June 24th when we release this. I get we're done with hockey here. I get it. But if you're listening to this, you obviously have a little bit of a, of a deeper interest in hockey. But I'm not going to lie. I don't expect everyone to listen to every minute of this episode, okay? I know some of you are going to skip to your team. Maybe your team's division. So I'm just going to tell you straight up the order we're doing this in. We're going to do it by division. So we're going to start by one division. We're going to work through the divisions. Within the divisions, we're going to go alphabetically. So our first division is going to be central. And the first team is going to be the Chicago Blackhawks because their letter comes before all the other teams. So uh, we got three minutes on the Chicago Blackhawks here. Um, I love the Kirby Doc pick. I have not seen anything read anything that I don't like about Kirby Doc other than I ideally he'd be from like Thunder Bay or something but like other than that like he's sick bit a lot of size a lot of skill um maybe didn't put up the best numbers this year in the WHL but he's had a really good second half I love the pick and some people thought maybe they jumped on him they love him for a reason I can understand that reason this offseason is going to be an interesting one. I think they're probably going to get into moving Artem Anisimov. Uh, that's been one thing that's been hinted. If they can move Brandon Saad, hey, I've been pretty on the record about I think that's a good idea, but they probably won't. If they can move Brent Seabrook, uh, I've been on that train for a few years, and I think people, uh, other than like you and like hockey writers, are actually starting to see, hey, Brent Seabrook's bad. So, um, yeah, if you can move him, that'd be great. I, I'm not really holding my breath. Wasn't crazy about the Oli Mata trade, for sure. But uh, what are you going to do? You? Doc, Doc's a good pick. I I, I agree. Maybe maybe they jumped at him a little bit. But it's 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 more of a, a, a need now as opposed to a need down the road. And uh, um, th- this is a this is the type of player that the Blackhawks just don't really have in their organization. And I, I think he's gonna he's gonna fit in real well. Maybe not this year. I think he he probably goes back to junior for another year and uh, continues to develop. But uh, yeah, he's he's young. He's already you know 
bigger than half the guys in the, on the Blackhawks as it stands now, and uh, he he may only get bigger from from this point on. So I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking that that's going to be uh, probably call it this the sneaky pick of the of the like you know top ten. You know, uh, no one seemed to have him going that high, and um, Chicago is probably just the right team at that spot, and. You know, uh, anybody else maybe passes on him, but yeah, hey, you know what? They saw something they liked it. And there they, was uh, a a decent amount of discussion actually, and this is you know I, I'm I'm not really sure if you had like a reasoning behind the Gerby doc going back to junior, but there was a lot of discussion that you know the most NHL ready player for sure is Capocacco. It's not even close, but the second guy is Kirby Doc because he's so big, because he's so mature for his age, um, and then there was talk like you know Hughes might not even be top five necessarily but mm. just because he's such a dynamic player he'll get yeah. there it'll be fine with but. with doc i think it's just more uh i think the blackhawks know they're not going to be great so you know why rush him to the nhl give him another year junior and then maybe maybe next season they're they're looking at being more competitive mm-hmm. also they picked a kid uh alex vlasic i don't know i don't know anything about him i just uh you know great name yeah he's he's mark edward vlasic's uh cousin sure i don't know that maybe he's not might be his son (laughs) uh okay what's what's after uh c well another c is after c the colorado avalanche they're gonna be good on defense (laughs) jesus christ bowen byram is disgusting from what i've seen She's just disgusting. Not too familiar with him, um, personally. Oh, God. Uh, he's been called a uh, probably better Morgan Riley, which is pretty pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah, so now you got, you know, Bowen Byram. For now, you have Tyson Berry. Uh, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Ryan Graves, Nikita Zadorov, Eric Johnson is still technically there. Um... Yeah, Joe Sackick's doing a good job lately. I'd say. Yeah, they got they got a little bit of uh, work to do uh, with the, uh, the cap situation. They're they're one of the few teams that are under as it stands. So uh, I guess it's thirty five million to play with, but you have to yeah. find a way to get Kerfoot, Rantanen, Comfer uh, under under contract, and then I mean those are like the the priorities. Mm-hmm. Like you have other guys. Like I am I imagine they would want to bring back Sven Andrighetto. Shouldn't be a super, super big deal, but, um, you know, maybe they want to keep some depth, uh, veteran depth there and get Broussard back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Zadorov's going to be a hard one. I think I, I don't really know how you evaluate Zadorov properly. Like it's really tough because he's a guy that you thought was going to be a legitimate shutdown pairing defenseman. And like, A, he hasn't really been that lately. B, do you really need to overpay for a guy like that now that you have other options within the organization? Yeah, definitely. It's it's probably a good problem to have, I guess. But um, yeah, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Zadorov either kind of hold this out a little longer uh, from his end, or uh, you know, maybe the Avalanche just kind of decide it's time to maybe not walk away, but. Look at their options here mm-hmm. because they've they've got guys coming up. They've got an already pretty solid top six without Zadorov. Mm-hmm. So I I wouldn't want to spend too much time if I'm Joe Sakic worrying about um, 
you know, getting this guy his money, the, the right deal for him. But, um, yeah, again, like I said, pro- a good problem to have. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you said you weren't that familiar with Byron. No. No. Uh, you know, I've, I obviously, I've, you know, I've seen the name floated around everything. He's, uh, he was the first defenseman taken. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's some somebody's got to be the best defenseman in a draft year. So I, I guess that's him. I'm going to assume they know what they're doing more than I do. So sure. Yeah, I would. I would hope so. At this point, the Dallas start not necessarily are losing Matt Zuccarello, but Matt Zuccarello did announce that, uh, or his agent or someone announced that he is going to be testing the free agent window at least. So this week he's going to be sitting down with some other teams and fielding offers. Whether or not Dallas is one of those teams, I don't know if they've ever made that clear yet. Um, I imagine a fairly sought-after commodity at this point. Um, but, I mean, you know, they, they paid a, a decent price to get him. Um, it's not the end of the world if they lose him because they didn't have him up until four months ago, I don't think. So it doesn't really worry me too much. Um, interesting pick the draft with uh, Harley Thomas. Ooh, I mean, Thomas Harley. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Dallas is an interesting team to me because I think Dallas needs to be doesn't need to be but they would benefit from being aggressive uh in free agency but the other problem is they don't have a ton of cap room and they have some interesting decisions that they have to make i mean steven johns makes two point or uh yeah 2.35 million dollars for the next two years he didn't play this year he played very little mm-hmm. um and he's supposed to be one of their top four defensemen so you know do you sign someone else to kind of help bridge the gap i mean they extended roman polak which is kind of a an interesting decision for sure. Like I'd I, I didn't watch a lot of Dallas Stars games. I'd rather Ben Lovejoy, but yeah, that's just me. I'm I'm really curious as to what happens with Jason Spezza here. Um, I, I think it's a smart move for Dallas to move on from him. Yeah. Um, but he definitely has, you know, he still has game left to give for sure. Um, you know, he's he's. He's kind of getting to the Thornton point, but he was never as good or smart as Thornton. He's kind of just this bigger, older veteran that can kind of help with certain things. He's really smart, but he's, you know, he's not Joe Thornton. That's not chirping him. That's just saying, you know, it's fucking pretty hard to be Joe yeah. Thornton. Um, yeah, if you can pick him up as your third line center uh, as a contender, yeah, why not? You know, I yeah. think that's a smart As move. long as he's in your bottom six, yeah. or if he's in, in your top six, it's because you have other options. Um you're okay, I think. Like, yeah. you know, there was discussion, does he end up going back to Ottawa and do the, the retirement tour there and just kind of that reunion? And, like, you know, Ottawa's got room for him, for sure. We'll get there in a bit. Like, definitely have room for him. But, like, is that the right move for Spezza at this point? Like, you know, he he should want a cup. He doesn't, I don't wouldn't say he deserves one, but I don't think anyone would be unhappy to see Jason Spezza win a Stanley Cup. He's had a really good career. Um so maybe he moves to a team where you know he can help their bottom six and and still move along Colorado Montreal ooh that's no? icky okay that's icky right. I mean why why Montreal I, I I see them as a a team that maybe <laughs> like that we didn't talk about yeah. Dallas for like a minute and a half there uh, I I don't know I, I think that they're just like in a position where they could surprise a lot of people next season okay. um i think that they could be a sleeper playoff team and if, if you add jason's betcha to that bottom six which is not strong right now i think it's a smart move come back to me on spezza to montreal when we get to montreal sure because they're obviously going to be a team who's going to be interested in some guys on the uh 
on the free agent market. So, uh, we, we will get there. Um, yeah, but to finish off with Dallas, cause we did kind of, um, you know, digress there, I guess. Um, they do have some salary that I find questionable. They're one of those teams. I think that's overpaid some depth and, and they, they may have to get creative in the next week and try to find a way out of that. I mean, Martin Hansel at almost $5 million is kind of sketchy, Oof. but he's got a no-trade clause, so, like, what do you do there? Um, you know, Cogliano with 3.2 is fine. I, I don't love Nakushkin at all. Uh, I really don't get Nakushkin still being around, to be honest with you. But, you know, they have him committed at almost $3 million this year, so, like, is he a guy? Maybe you look at moving. He's 24. He might be able to find new life somewhere else, and he really had a tough year this year in Dallas, so... I don't know. The good news is they got their goaltenders locked up, and that's been an area of priority for them. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with the Dallas Stars. Uh, let's take it to the state of hockey. The state of hockey. I'm, of course, talking about the New York Rangers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the Minnesota Wild. Thoughts there, Jimothy? Well, um... We may need over three minutes on this one. Yeah, <laughs> this is not great. Um... They, they got not a lot of cap room here. They've got an aging uh, lineup. Their their draft was fine, I thought, overall. Um, I thought they did okay. They have a lot of picks, you know, so it's one of those, you know, quantity over quality type situations, and you're probably hoping you, you nail on one of those many uh, late rounders. But um, as long as two of these guys turn into NHL players, exactly, it's a decent draft. Exactly. I think. Like, that's kind of the measuring stick. So, but yeah, it's it's not pretty. Uh, this is not going to be a fun year if you're a Minnesota Wild fan. I'm I'm sorry to sorry to break that to you. Jason Zucker still sits at, uh, near the top of the TSN trade tracker. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, guys that they figure is going to get moved out at some point in the next few weeks, and uh, that'd, I, be, uh, that'd be a bit of a blow, I think. I I don't like to say that the teams have to move a guy because you never you never have no, to. No, no. You know, but. The issue is that, are you ever going to be able to get them, you know, to where you want them? You know, you know is, it, is it worth keeping them? And for Zucker, I, I feel like that situation is too far gone. I, I don't think that there is a situation that Jason Zucker would say no to at this point because of what's gone down over the last four or five months with him and, and the management there in Minnesota. Um... I, I I personally think, and I don't say this often, I think the Minnesota Wild owe it to him to trade him because I think they've fucked up that situation um, really hard over the last few months. I think he will get moved, ultimately. I think that is coming within the next week. I'd be shocked, quite honestly, to see him not get moved. I honestly wouldn't even be shocked if they retain a little bit of salary on it, too, to make it work somewhere else. He's a really good player who can work really well in a, in a lineup. I never understood. He was one of those guys, you remember, like, Two, three years ago, he would get, like, 25 goals on a fourth line to play, like, eight minutes, and he's still playing eight minutes in Minnesota. It's like, how the, how the fuck does he not move up in your lineup? Well, now he's finally up, but now they've kind of, you know, bobbled the situation here. So, I think he gets moved. I, I don't really have a prediction as to where. It's, it's probably going to be anywhere at this point. Um, but, yeah, that's a tough one for sure. They have some decisions to make, and... Um, not an incredible amount of cap room, really, when you, when you you know, sort of compare everything there. They have to figure something out with uh, 
Joel Erickson Eck, twenty uh, two year old former pick of theirs. They have Kevin Fiala to resign. Um, you know they have money, but there's no clear direction here, which is kind of what concerns me. I mean, like they don't have a ton of money if you consider the fact that if let let's say for example that they resign all of their RFAs and um, leave it at that. They're still going to need five more forwards to add to that group for next season. Just just to have, you know, a, a balanced lineup where you can say to yourself... Well, they have seven signed. If they were to sign the other three, they'd have ten. Sure. Right. But so you, no, you yeah, probably yeah, want you still five need to more out, yeah. NHL caliber type guys. Well, yeah, I mean, a guy like Luke Coonan and probably Jordan Greenway are going to have to play up next year. Like, they, But the problem is, is you don't want to have to have to play guys up. But Exactly. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean, I'm sure they'll sign someone in free agency, like some sort of an NHL stopgap. Yeah, like, a, and that's and that's, but again, it might be a Matt Hendricks, which is just not necessarily right. a positive addition. And that's with you know keeping Zucker. Who who knows what you get for Zucker? Maybe you can only get, um, you know, a defenseman or a couple picks. You know, it's the longer they hang on to him, the less they're going to yeah, get for him for yeah, sure. Because so. uh, I I don't think he's too far away from demanding a trade if he hasn't already, and. I don't blame him for one second. I mean, like it's uh, it's kind of tough to hear that you know your GM shopping you, but he won't admit that he's you know shopping you, but he will. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's not just, only that, just it's... be straight up and be like, we're looking at trading you, but he's just being weird about it. Hey, fuck, I don't know about Paul Fenton, man. Did you hear the thing he said about the forwards? The or sorry, the draft picks. I mean, not the forwards, the draft mm-hmm. picks. I asked him what he thought about his draft. And he's like, well, what I really liked about it is all of our players came up to the uh, stage and they were all taller than us. What? No, I don't know how tall are, Paul Fenton is. Are but... they good? Though? Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, Jordan Greenway six 6'4". He's not amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care that he's fucking huge. What the yeah. fuck does that matter? You know who else was huge? Fucking Keith Ollie. He's a Wookiee on skates. He didn't work out for the Leafs. Or... Calgary or anywhere else. True. Uh, and just just to go back to that point about Zucker, um, it's it's not even just rumors. Like you have to consider the fact that there was a trade made. Oh, there's straight up confirmation. Yeah. From the NHL. <laughs> and it was the other guy that said no. Yeah. Otherwise, you were out the door. Yeah. So it's, twice. It's not even. It's happened twice. It's not even a matter of we're thinking about. Like, no, they're actively. They've, they've said yes twice, yes. and it's just you know hasn't fallen through for whatever reason and. It's kind of like yeah. a cruel game at this point. He's probably probably getting his hopes up. I'm finally getting traded, and then you know, Zucker may be one of the first people. He's got a modified no trade clause. He can submit a list of ten teams he doesn't want to be traded to. Maybe one of the first players ever to be like Fenton's like submit that list, and he's like, ah, I'm good. Minnesota, Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota. Can I put uh, one team twice, please, sir? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, good luck to Minnesota Wild fans, but. Um, Put it this way, I uh, I would be very surprised if next year is fun in Minnesota. Uh, I think there is some pain coming here. And short of having a really good coach and some good young players, like I, I shouldn't say that it's all dark, but I don't think they're anywhere near from a team that's going to compete in the playoffs if they do squeeze in. And because any team can get in now, we've kind of learned that it just doesn't matter anymore. Like every team is a fucking playoff team until February. So 
you know, thank you, St. Louis. Exactly. So, so maybe they get in, but there's not a ton that I'd be clinging to here. Is is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, the Nashville Predators made a splash yesterday. They traded uh, Matt Irwin to. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the Nashville Predators traded PK Subban to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Steve Santini. What was the kid's name? Miles Davis or something, and then uh, two second round picks. Jeremy Davis. Okay, Miles. Yeah, Miles Davis. <laughs> if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Uh, Nashville's an interesting one. I I think they have more work to do than people maybe give them credit for, and I'm including people within their own organization because I don't really know if this team is a Matt Duchesne away from a deep playoff run considering they are also going to be minus a P.K. Subban-like defenseman. Like, it's addition by subtraction a lot of times. This is a subtraction by subtraction. Like, this is this is still a loss. There's a really good chance Dante Favreau is going to step in and be really good next year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're talking about a guy who, as of a year ago, probably should have won the Norris Trophy last year. Um, this was a guy who, until he got hurt this year, looked like he was going to win the Norris Trophy this year, and then and then it really fell apart when he got back. But he also fucking plays with Matt Irwin and uh, 98-year-old Dan Hamhuse. So what the hell do you expect from Subban? You know. Um, I, I don't like the trade for Nashville. I, I like that they got nine-something million off their books off a guy who's 30. Like, like I don't hate the idea of trading Subban they didn't bring anything back in that sort of helps, though. Like, to me, they added two non-assets and... Well, sorry, one non-asset. I don't know about this prospect, but I haven't heard much. I've heard he's a fine prospect. And then two second-round picks, which have about a 15 to 20% chance of landing. So... Yeah, uh, you know. I don't know. Like, the Davies is only... To call him a prospect, we're at the end of that... Uh, definition in about a year um he's already 22 i, I don't know it's uh, oh he's 22 yeah oh good i don't see him breaking in to this lineup at least you know what i mean like nashville's already got a pretty decent decor back there uh even without pk um it's also an organization that has jared tenorti under contract for another two seasons mm-hmm. yeah no it is it's the same one shouldn't he be playing for like the z sc lions or something zurich Zurich, yeah, yeah, I could see him in, in Switzerland, <laughs> I guess. You know. uh, yeah, it's an Italian last name. Yeah, for sure. Babada Boopi, Here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, how many guys with mm-hmm. a $9 million cap hit have been traded in the history of the NHL? Mm, any? Yeah, like how, how many How many guys have been? Like, well, I, I can't think of one. It was, it was, I literally oh. mean any. Oh. I don't know. Just one. Twice. Two, man. PK Subban. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's <laughs> that's a trick fucking question. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. You know? Yeah. No, it's it's kind of neat that Nashville both won and lost the Subban trade. PK Subban may go down as the best player to get traded for assets that ended up being inconsequential. <laughs> because, like, listen, Weber's the captain of Montreal. He's still an NHL defenseman. Eh, you know, they haven't really made the playoffs like only once, and they got murdered. So, like, you know, unless they make the playoffs in the next few years, eh, it's a fucking really bad trade. 
And then, like, I don't know, is Steve Santini going to all of a sudden turn into P.K. Subban? That'd be cool. I, I don't know how old he is. I think, like, 27 or something now. Hey, you know what? 24. He's, he's, <laughs> okay, he's whatever, playing with but... the right guys around him. Maybe maybe they can help make him better. I mean, like, if you stick anyone beside fucking Matthias Ekholm, like, yes. how bad could it really be? But, yeah, Correct. I don't know. I, I don't love the trade. I, I, I'm skeptical about Duchesne, but... Um, I think ultimately, like, Duchesne is a decent fit there. But my problem is that I I have my doubts about the rest of the roster, and I have for about a year now. Yeah. I don't know. That loss to Winnipeg didn't sit right with me. Winnipeg was really good, but there was something about Nashville in that I, I didn't love. Nashville all season looked like they were going through the motions. We haven't really heard anything about, you know, the whole team being hurt or anything like that. There's been a lot of talk of them trying to pay a team to get out from under the Kyle Turris deal. And instead of trading Turris and an asset, they traded Subban for nothing. And they still find a way to get out from under the Turris deal or find a way to make Turris work there. The one good news about Nashville is they don't have any, no trade clauses other than Pecorine. So that's nice. Yeah. Maybe they can make something work. Everybody's fair game. It's, It's great. Sure. Yeah. The Predators are open for business, you might even say. Ooh. Open for business. Like Donna Pinciotti. We didn't get to it, but I just want to toss in quickly. I, I did like their first round pick uh, this year, Philip Tomasino. Cool. Took a big step forward in his second year of uh, the O, and uh, I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm really happy that you addressed that pick, um, because he was uh, maybe the only guy that got picked in the first round I had never heard of. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'm not going to know anything about him. Um, okay, well, I'm going to step aside, and uh, we're going to listen to Gloria for three minutes, I guess. Yes. <laughs> not much else to say, you know? What do you, uh, you want to talk about? You, you know what they might want to do? Mm. Um, find a contract for Craig Berube? Jesus. Is there a reason this guy still doesn't have a guy, guy contract? Or... Um, Doug Armstrong says it'll get done. What are you waiting it'll on? Get, it'll get done. What? What? What's to get done? Does he want ten million a year? Like, I don't understand what the fucking holdup is. Like, yeah, okay, if he wants ten million a year, you can find another coach. Fuck Craig Berube, but like, he's not asking for that. No. What's he asking for? Two, three million? Pay him. Yeah. He just he won you a cup. Fucking. How is this Todd McClellan making fucking L.A.? What are you kidding me? I mean, he got paid like six million dollars a year. Guy hasn't done anything ever. Are they, like, waiting for the transaction to go through at the bank? Or... Maybe. Ooh, maybe. Maybe Maybe the issue is that Barube is, like, he like he's off the grid, eh? So he lives, like, in the in the woods. Like, he's kind of like the Duck Dynasty guys, except without the cameras. And he keeps all of his money in a mattress. So the St. Louis Blues have to pay him in cash. And it's like, I want it all at once. I don't want it year by year. Like, you're not giving me $5 million a year. No, give me $20 million for the four years, and then I'll just never ask for money again. What'd you do with your uh, day with the cup, Craig? I just, uh, I, I just sat in my cabin and uh, I looked at it. I and, used it uh, to fillet fish. I caught. <laughs> <laughs> Woodsman Craig Berube. Yeah, um, uh, everything's good in St. Louis life for now. Yeah, I mean, there's um, some RFA's you're gonna want to address. Sunquist, Sanford, Fabry. I guess like the one sort of discussion I wanted to have with you, and this isn't like a discussion about, you know is St. Louis good or not? It's more, it's just, it was an interesting take. I read something on the internet about how 
the Blues have some of the best valued contracts in the league, which I, 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 I would disagree with very strongly, just in the sense that, like, they made it seem like they're underpaying a lot of guys, which I think everyone on the team almost makes exactly what they should, or way more than they should. Like, I don't really think that they're, like, getting a huge bargain on anyone other than fucking Robert Thomas, which is, you know, that's fair. But like, uh, I, I would make the argument that maybe Ryan O'Reilly should be closer to sure. a $9 million. Sure, and that, was, that was the one, right? like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was like, Tarasenko at seven five. yeah, like, maybe, maybe eight two five. Yeah. I don't really see him any more than that, because, like, per- before this year, sure. Pareko's, uh, you're getting a deal with Pareko. Yeah, I, 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 you are, I don't think it's anything exciting, though. Yeah. I don't think he's when, much. When you consider that you've got him for the next three years, and if he keeps getting better over sure. those next three years, I yeah, think... Yeah, and maybe he does. Yeah, I, I think it's a steal, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good news what, for St. Uh, Louis. What, what do you give Bennington? Well, time's up, so we don't have to worry about it. Um, Bennington, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, it's a tough one. Like, um, you'd be hard-pressed for me to go over $5 million if the term's longer than three years. Um, if it's five years, or sorry, three years at five million, that's, that's about right to me. Um, but it's tough, man. Like you're talking about a guy who I, I am, I don't have his numbers right in front of me. You're talking about a guy who's played like 60 something NHL games. Yeah, exactly. Really? And yeah, I get one of those was game seven of the Stanley cup final at TD fucking garden and they won. But, um, yeah, we need to be like, we need to be level headed here. I think Bennington's a good goaltender, but I wouldn't mind a little more proof. So the shorter the term, the better I'd feel. Because quite honest with you, this is not a high draft pick from years previous. This is not your franchise-turning prospect. This is essentially a goaltender you got for free. I understand they drafted him, but, you know, you wrote off this kid years ago. Let's not fucking kid ourselves here. Bennington was not in the plans. If you sign him for one year and then he has not a great year next year and he wants way more money and you're willing to pay him and he leaves next year, whatever. That's fine. All you did was prove that if you put a goaltender behind this group, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't really Unless think... Unless their name is Jake Allen. Sure, but a goaltender. I mean a, goal, I mean a guy who plays net. So, <laughs> not a guy who's fucking sliding through the crease and shit. Like, <laughs> it looks like me and Pee Wee. I think that... Bennington is a fine guy, but don't overpay and definitely don't go too long. You got to be careful. But I think three years, five million is a good fit. Yeah, F- five million per. Yeah, five million total. It would be even better. Nice. Nine nine point <laughs> four on their goaltending tandem. That's that's great. Yeah. <laughs> especially especially when Bennington's gonna have to play seventy two games next year. Like that's. That's good stuff. Okay, well, good for the St. Louis Blues. Good for uh, Jenna Fisher. And oh shit, this all work kind of worked out. We get to talk about our, our Puck 77 teams back-to-back. I didn't even really plan that. The Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you start, because I'm kind of interested. I, I've, I talk about the Jets all the time, so so do you, I guess, but not, yeah. not online. Um, I, I think the, the, the one big thing I'll, I'll, I'll kind of focus on, and then I'll let you take over. The Truba trade was really interesting, um, as far as I was concerned. It... Um, it was a tough situation that mm-hmm. the Jets were in. They, they you know, more or less, they forced their their hand uh, at the end of the day. But 
I still didn't love the return. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just the offers weren't there, and and that's something that you know none of us will know if if you're not a general manager in the hockey. But uh, I don't know. I, it just seems to me like they they should were, have been able to get more than there were teams that said that they offered a better package. Hmm. Now, you know, we'll never know. Yeah. Talked about this before. Like we're just we're never really going to know unless a bunch of other teams say exactly what they offered. But you'll never see a team do that until all the assets they offered are out of their organization. Because you know the Leafs aren't going to be like, "Well, we offered Nazem Kadri." Well, Nazem Kadri's still on your team. You can't fucking say that. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to hear that. No one wants to hear that. So we'll never really know. But um, I'll tell you one thing I know for sure that's going to happen this summer in Winnipeg. And I'm a little annoyed it hasn't happened yet. And as the days go on, I'm getting more and more nervous that Dmitry Kulikov might play for the Winnipeg Jets next year. Because he is horrible. <laughs> I don't say that about a lot of players because, um, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm not in the National Hockey League. So I, I have no real fucking... Bi- he is terrible. Like, really bad. I don't know what happened to him. But if injuries screwed him over or something, but he cannot make a fucking decision. So I think he's getting bought out, but maybe that's too far gone. Maybe they're going to try to find another team to take that salary. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, there's a lot of talk that they're willing to pay a team to take Matthew Perot's salary. I don't really agree with it, but it sort of depends how many assets you're going to lose before, you know what I mean, like to, in order to keep Perot. And is Perot more of a priority to you than, than you know, Andrew Kopp needs a deal uh, obviously, Kyle Connor, Patrick Line, they need deals, but you know, like they, they want to keep Brandon Tanev. He's an unrestricted free agent; he can go anywhere. Um, Joe Morrow needs a deal. Uh, probably Nathan Beaulieu needs a deal. Ben Sherratt needs a deal. Neil Pionk still needs a deal. Um, so they have a lot of work they're going to have to get creative, and I do expect the Winnipeg Jets to make a trade this week. What it's going to be, I don't know. Um, there's one guy that I kind of thought there's been a fit between the Jets and the Penguins on a trade, and I I would like to see the Jets kind of go after a guy like Dominic Simone who can kind of plug into your lineup deeper down, um, but whether or not that happens, that's a discussion for another day. I don't see Myers back. I, I don't see Tanav back. I just don't see a way you can make it work, um... You know, as good as he is, like he really is, a lot of nights the the lifeblood of the of the Jets forward group. But you know, I, I hate to put it this way, you you can find that player elsewhere. Um, there is a lot of talk about whether or not Jack Roslevic still wants a trade because there was discussion that he demanded one, and that you know that's that's kind of fair. But I think that's one of those situations, sort of like Truba back in the day, that's going to work itself out. Because Rosovic is not going to be playing on the fourth line this year. The Jets just don't have the forward group for it next year. Uh, Rosovic's going to have to play more minutes. He's going to be crucial. And I think um, he might be part of the X factor next year for the Jets if all goes well. Now, what do you do with Parlandome? I got to know. Like, is <laughs> that guy so crucial to their bottom 12? Um, I'll tell you one thing I'm not crazy about Parlandome. But if Par Lindholm goes and Matt Hendricks stays, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. Alright. I love Matt Hendricks, the dude. I cannot stand Matt Hendricks, the hockey player. I've never liked him as a player at all. Um, the last bit I wanted to, to say is you, you started off with the Truba trade. I want to finish on the Truba trade. 
Um, I wrote an article about it this week, and, and you know, I, I didn't love the trade. Um, I, I do like Neil Pionk. I, I'm honestly, like, and you can testify to this, like, I've actually been on the Neil Pionk trade train for a while. Uh, I think there's a lot of talent there, but his ability to defend is really questionable. Um, they made comments about wanting to pay, hit, play him on the shutdown pairing with Morrissey, which, like, I think Morrissey's the best fit for Pionk. But it's not a shutdown pairing anymore. <laughs> like, Pionk's, Pionk's, you gotta, like, Pionk's like Riley, man. He's gotta, like, in the sense that you gotta let him go. If he wants to rush the puck, if he wants to use his speed, you have to let him go. You can't restrict a guy like Neil Pionk because he's not good enough defensively to kind of make up for what he brings offensively. Mm. Um, you gotta be careful with the way you play him, but I, I think it's one of those trades, uh, for the Pionk part of it, where they see an asset that they can turn into something else. Uh, I think they feel that they can work with him and, um, he might be one of those guys by the time he's 25, 26, he's actually a productive NHL defenseman at both ends of the ice. Uh, I absolutely love the Vili Heinola pick. I, I think that this is a guy that it was more important to them to get in a range where they felt that they were going to get this player uh, than it was to maybe get an asset back that arguably is more valuable in the short term and could be more valuable in the long term, but... Um, to me, it's it. This is a testament to the Jets' scouting staff and the fantastic job that they have done in the first round since 2012. Like, let's not kid ourselves. They've nailed every pick, other than possibly Logan Stanley. But he's six foot eight, and you know he's 22. Like, he still might get there. There's a lot of room to grow for him. So, um, yeah. Ultimately, I I I don't love the trade. But it is the first trade that Kevin Dayoff has made where I was kind of like, yeesh, eh, I still have a feeling this is going to kind of work out somehow. But right. you never know. At the end of the day, good for Truba. I wish him the best in New York because uh, I almost bought a Truba jersey in March and uh, pretty pretty glad I didn't at this point as much as I love the guy. Should we hop to the East maybe? Yeah. For a little bit. Let's hop to the Eastern Conference. Let's go to the Atlantic. Let's go to the Atlantic. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup champion. Bo- oh, no. Uh, the Boston Bruins. Um, John Beecher, I just met her. Yeah, so um, they picked a dude who, um, uh, you know, is uh, pretty Boston-like in terms of the way that he plays. His last name is Beecher. Mm-hmm. His first name is John. Mm-hmm. If you had to make up a name from Massachusetts, that would probably it's be up there. what comes It's up out. there. Um, there was... One guy, which I think was Manny Elk, who I'm I'm really, you know, I have a really weird relationship with that guy. But he didn't have John Beecher getting drafted. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which, like, his model may or may not work. He had Kako above Hughes. He had a few guys from the first round in the second round. He had Maurice Sider was one guy. He had, was like a second round pick, he thought. Um, he didn't have Beecher at all, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, no one's really crazy about this. He seems like he's going to be an NHL player, but nothing really to write home about. So, yeah, I mean, that's fine for 30th overall. The The Bruins, um, they made it to Stanley Cup final this year. And did they? they have, they did. And they have a decent amount of young players in their system that I find it hard to believe that they're going to fall off the radar next year or you know what I mean take a completely huge step back but 
And we said this coming into this year, and Boston's been one of those teams, man. It's not just us because we're Leaf fans. Like, they have legitimately torn the hockey community for, like, two or three years. This could be the year they take a step back. It could be. Well, but we've been, like, like teams taking step forwards. It's always been, like, is Carolina going to make the playoffs? And for years, it's like, they don't make it. Maybe Boston's the team that's keeping them out. Maybe we need Boston to fade off for other teams to succeed. But Boston keeps fucking going. They could take a step back. They're gonna, they're going to if they don't find a way to shed some some room here because they mm-hmm. got some key guys and a few of them and not a lot of money to work with here. What's wrong with David Backus? I I'd buy him out at this point probably. Um, you you got just over twelve million to find a way to get McAvoy, Carlo, uh, Heinen. They probably want to bring back Nolakari, and I'm assuming Marcus Johansson is walking. So. Are you aware of the uh, the no-trade clause that Bacchus has? Yes, yes I am. For I those am of you who are not aware, uh, it is a eight-team trade list, which is a eight-team yes list. So he will submit a list in you in, of eight teams he wants to be traded to. Mm-hmm. So he's going to pick Ch- Toronto and all these things, all these teams that don't have cap room, and he's not going to get fucking traded. He's going to stay in Boston. Yeah, it's where all of his shit is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you afford all these guys. Yeah, someone's. Well, well, you don't. They're very lucky that they have Sean Corrali locked up at one point seven, one point two seven five. Uh, DeBrusque has one more year left on his ELC, which I didn't realize. I actually thought he was an RFA this uh, this summer, but he's not. Yeah, Carson Coolman had a really good. Uh, cap hit Danton Heinen's going to be kind of a tough one mm-hmm. uh, because he's good but he's also not so I don't know and you, you have to do all of this and not do anything stupid because next summer you have to figure out a way to keep Tory Krug yeah and then like that's the thing too is like if, if you walk away from one of McAvoy or Carlo that's just that much more ice time oh, for you can't. a 42 year old Zadeo yeah. Chara oh you so, can't yeah like they they need both of those guys so bad, yeah. So uh, like the guy literally signed a contract uh, a couple months ago. I'd probably buy out Chara. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, can can you do that? I mean, like he it's has a, a no movement. It's, well, so it's I, a th- it's yeah. a 35 plus too, so yeah. he would need to consent no matter what. But hilarious. Yeah. Well, like, uh... well, best of luck to our friends with the Boston Bruins. Um, but ultimately, they had a great year and like. As long as a lot of the guys keep going at the rate they have been, they'll be fine. They're going to be okay. They'll be f- okay. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres. You start. Let's, let's all go to Buffalo. Oh, yeah. I'll get right on it. Um, so, Rasmus Ristolainen has been uh, talked about quite a bit recently as a potential uh, trade <sighs> target. Um, that seems odd, no? Why? Well, oh, you mean like teams being interested in Rasmus Ristolainen? No, I, I'm I'm thinking like that the Buffalo Sabers might want to keep the players that they have because they don't have anyone else that's going to want to play defense there, unless they got some forwards in the minors that want to try their hand at defense. Yeah, I mean, you know who would be really good to try on defense is Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> You're not high on him, eh? He's very bad defensively, but well, he is very talented offensively, and yeah, he's a big I, boy, which is kind of nice. Um, he's 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 at a fine cap hit; like he probably should be making less. Yeah, but it's fine. It's not like super bad or anything. 
Super bad. Super bad. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no, they only have six defensemen. So chicken, I, chicken, I, I, yeah, fake ID, fake ID. I don't know. I don't know why you and like you're not going to get anything amazing back for him. So maybe you should just be looking at improving your well, team in other ways. I, I don't know if I buy that because it seems like there are teams that are like fucking ready to move heaven and earth to get Rasmus Ristolina. One of those teams apparently was Tampa Bay. Hmm. What does Tampa Bay see in fuck? But they also like Zaitsev, so I don't know. Yeah, well, Zaitsev's a hot Ooh. ticket right now. Yeesh. Yeah. There are a few defensemen I'd rather have than Nikita Zaitsev at... Uh, or there's a few defensemen I wouldn't rather have, but... What did you think of the uh, Jeff Skinner signing? I don't think we ever discussed that. We did. Did we? I, I was against it. Yeah. I will go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, I, w- I was against it. We talked, uh, we talked about Jeff Skinner for almost ten minutes nice. last week. I, yeah, well, <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we talked about Skinner. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I think, it's a, it. I think it's a lot more than he shouldn't be making, but I... Uh, like, it's weird, right? Like, not to go too much into it again, but like... You didn't pay a lot to get him. So, like, you could have let him walk. And at $9 million a year for, what, eight years? I would have let him walk for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't... I just... I, I don't get how your drafting is so bad that you couldn't just plug that hole for cheaper. You could. Yeah. Just draft someone correctly. <laughs> like, fuck. Like, is Middlestat gonna work out? Like, he, he seemed to love Middlestat still. Fucking turn him into a goal scorer. I got bad news if, for if you. you, get 20, you he's working out. If you can get 25 goals from middle stat, I'd rather that than fucking Jeff Skinner at 9 million a year. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Buffalo's going to be interesting. You know, they got they got Huts. They got that Huts. You know. They're uh, still paying for uh, Cody Hodgson. They are. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Buffalo's, Buffalo's in an okay spot. They have 18, almost $19 million in cap room. They don't really have a lot of work to do this summer. Um, Skinner was kind of the thing they needed to worry about. I guess Linus Allmark is their next priority. And then after that, it's, uh, I don't know, Evan Rodriguez, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake McCabe. See where Jason Pollenville ends up. Sure. Yeah. Mm. One year, one mil. Sure. He'd look good in the Leaf jersey. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, Buffalo's a weird one. I, I, I took them to take a step forward this past year and they did for about 30 games and then they definitely took a but they took a colorado-esque step back <laughs> um i i we've talked about this before i am pro ralph kruger you are somewhat anti ralph kruger depends which um, sport we're talking <laughs> yeah he's great on the pitch mate yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I like I, I like the fit there, and I think that that is going to help. Um, ideally, what would also help is, you know, former first-round pick Alexander Nylander finding his game, which may or may not happen this year, but there are growing doubts there. So You know, what would have really helped hmm. um, is uh, Conn Smythe, Selkie Trophy, Stanley Cup champion uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Actually, Ryan O'Reilly might go down as the best trailer... Tra- tra- <laughs> <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly might go down as the best player to ever get traded for nothing. True. <laughs> like, yeesh. Who do we got next? Detroit. Oh, I gotta, I gotta. It's just dawning on me how much of a pain in the ass this actually will be to edit tonight, so I'm kind of glad that I, uh... Broke it up? No, packed. Ah. Mm-hmm. You um, catch the midnight train to Detroit? 
going anywhere. <sighs> I could just edit this on the drive tomorrow, really. <laughs> sure. Like, fuck. The Detroit Red Wings. Rock City. Um, they... Alright. <sighs> what did you think of the cider pick? I don't know. It... It, it, it possibly was in the era of us doing the central scouting main rankings at the NHL draft was arguably the biggest surprise in the, in the modern day history of the draft. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of scouts who will tell you that Maurice Sider is an almost guaranteed NHLer eventually. So it's just a matter of, did you pick a player too high rather than how good he's going to be? Because there's a very low possibility that he's going to be a bust, apparently. But whether or not he's going to be a Norris-caliber defenseman is kind of up for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I, I'm like, I, I was reading something today about uh, Jeff Blaschel. Uh, he caught him at the World Championships playing for Germany. And his his scouts, essentially, were, were really high on the kid and pointed him out. And it was Jeff Blaschel who just fell in love with the guy and... We gotta have him. Like he needs to be our top priority. I don't know how far Jeff Blashill's voice carried in that conversation. When you've got a guy like Steve Yzerman at the top running the show, but you know, if if a coach is that sold on a kid, and he can make his pitch and he can make his case and make it work, then you know what? Good for them because obviously you have to think about the system that this kid's gonna be playing in. Now, granted. We all have to consider the fact that Jeff Blashill might not be coaching the Red Wings by the time this kid gets there. Well, but that, and then that's my issue with what you're saying, though, is because like this is why I don't think the coach's input should have almost anything to do with your drafting strategy once you get beyond your guys that are going to be playing on the NHL team next year. Is if Maurice Sider's not playing in the NHL next year, Jeff Blashill has very little to do with his development. I'm not going to say nothing. Because he has something to do with what the American Hockey League team is going to do. But at the end of the day, Jeff Blashell might not talk to Maurice Sider for three years. Yeah. Never mind talk to him, teach him anything. Right. Like, so to me, it is a little bizarre when coaches have, like, an input. Uh, I sort of get some organizations, a.k.a. the Toronto Maple Leafs, where it's like, you know, you gotta keep your diva happy. I understand that. But, like... I don't, uh, Jeff Blashill has no business being a diva because he, he has not accomplished anything yet. I'd, l- I'd love to see that that whole scenario. Him him giving his pitch. Okay, thanks guys. He leaves, and everyone in the room looks just looks at Steve. He's crazy. So, so I take it you haven't told them that we're letting him go. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of the actual team, like I don't hate the cider pick. Whatever. If he's going to be an NHL player, he's going to be an NHL. If player. If they see something good for them, mm-hmm. the Red Wings have a real good history. Of finding guys in the draft. Now, so. the reason that the draft pick is so, you know, crucial. I mean, the reason why Red Wings fans were, you know, arguably upset about the pick is, um, they they don't they don't have they a don't. choice. The yeah. roster is fucking set. <laughs> like you have this is this is if you assembled a mega team of just the worst contracts in the NHL, half of them would be on the Red Wings. This is a bottomless pit. Of just overpaid players. Danny DeKaiser makes $5 million a year for another three years. Franz Nielsen makes five point two five for another three years. He's 35 years old. He has a no-trade clause. 
Justin Abdelkader, who was was not great in the NHL in 2012, when it was bigger, slower. Fraser McLaren had a job. He's he's making four point two five for four more fucking years with a no trade clause. Don't forget about backup goaltender Jonathan Bernier. Ah, uh, ah! Uh, <laughs> don't even get me started. They don't have a lot of options. They have $12 million in cap room. They don't have a lot of room on the roster. So unless Justin Abdelkader has a fingernail condition come up over the summer where they can put him on long-term injury reserve, they're fucked. This team is it is what it is. They have to do the best with what they have. And to me, that is, a lot of guys who are really, really past their prime in the NHL or shouldn't be in the NHL anymore that are making way too much money, and I think, and I honest to God, I'm kind of getting on this train, a coach that probably doesn't deserve that much recognition, but they had an okay year last year. You know what? Um, I'm looking at it. Fuck it. This core? They're winning the... They're this, winning the... this core? Maybe Cider cracks the lineup in October. <laughs> uh, just... just... <laughs> It's not great. Oh you need some entry-level deals. Yeah. You think, um... I don't... Because I don't know if it was ever... Was it ever announced? Is is Cronwall planning on playing one more year? Or is he just not announced? He's coming back. Yeah, but okay. I don't know where. Well, it, I think Detroit will bring him back. I mean, what what the hell? Why not at this point? Come on, Steve. We had some good times when I was 20. The, right. um... And fun fact before we move on. The Detroit Red Wings are still paying Stephen Weiss. Uh, the Florida Panthers. Mm. Speaking of Steve, speaking of Stephen Weiss, mm. <laughs> if you weren't watching hockey in 2002, you're not really going to care about that reference. Yeah, the Florida Panthers. Uh, they picked Spencer Knight. That's kind of cool. really interesting. Um, I I I I like it. Only the sixth time ever a goalie's gone in the top 15. I mean, it's a good pick in the sense that like they don't know if they're getting Bob. They think they might get Bob, but they don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's you know it's 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 good, um, yeah. I don't know. This is a good team. They're fine. It's a They'll good be team. Fine. They don't have any pressing needs really, in terms of guys they gotta worry about signing. The biggest thing that would have worried me coming into this off season for Florida is is their coach good enough? And I I can confirm he is. So, you know, th- this is not a horrible roster. Um, they lack depth at the, the at the defensive position, and they're going to have to address that for sure this summer. I think, like, and, and it's interesting, right? Like, they're talking about getting a goalie in Bobrovsky. They're talking about getting a forward in Panarin. Your fourth best defenseman is Mark Pesic, who's not not exactly setting the world on fire. Mm. So, um, they're going to need to do something, I think, and. Uh, yeah, but but it's not horrible. A lot of talk about both of their current goaltenders uh, leaving town, but I, I think a lot of that hinges on what happens with Bobrovsky. Um, Reimer, a lot of talk about him getting bought out. Kind of curious to see what happens there because I, I I don't think I don't think you know his his playing days are behind him. He's he's still relatively young. I, I'd say he's got you know uh, a few years at least to go here, but I don't think. Florida's loving the cap that they're giving them, especially with you know. If Florida retains, that's all. That's all well and good, but you know, I, and I'm being honest with you. Uh, you know how much I love James Reimer. Are there any teams that really want a fucking fifty percent retained James Reimer? Like I think Reimer's uh, at that point where 
I'm talking buying them out. No, but that's what yeah, I'm saying. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I think that's their only option because I don't know if there is going to be much of a market for Reimer at 1.7 for two more years. I think that would still make teams sort of uncomfortable. I think Reimer's at the point, unfortunately, where he's probably going to have to do a one year at 1.2 or 1 million or so uh, and earn his way back, which is fine. He's still going to get the money he's owed, but, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're in tough water there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on with Luongo. The expectation is that he's going to probably go on LTIR and that he probably doesn't have the body to play again in the National Hockey League. Um, you got to pass physical every year. You have to pass physical, and whether or not he can do that, that's that's really up in the air right now because of all the injuries he's had. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to dive into it now because we're doing this episode today. And there's a reason we're doing it today and we're doing like a just sort of a, a graze over all these teams is because so much is going to happen in the next week. There's no point in really getting too deep into what if this, what if that. Do you think, though, that they pull it off and get Panarin and Bobrovsky? One or the other or neither? They're not getting both. I'm not even sold that they're getting one. If they're getting one, it's going to be Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Panarin's going. I don't think there's any way that Panarin's going to consider going to, to Florida at this point. Um, and I think the Bobrovsky um, signing, I, I think it's honestly it's going to hinge a lot on if they can, you know, make the dollars work because mm-hmm. well, there's a lot of money here tied up with the goalies they have now. And if Bob's going to come in and demand $10, $11 million, which I think think he could get on the open market mm-hmm. then it's gonna be it's gonna be tough and i i, I don't i i think that they'll get it done i i'm just i'm not sold as i think there's a lot of talk with people uh assuming uh that they're just gonna get them both and it's gonna be some sort of steal and it's it's a foregone conclusion and no i, I i'm really skeptical that they're gonna get bob if at all mm-hmm. um where do you think panarin goes if I was uh, if I was Panarin, I'd be looking at the East Coast right now. Uh, if, you know what? With the Rangers, the ECHL. Uh, wow, yeah, <laughs> the uh, didn't know they had that money there. The Rangers, they could pay more than the NHL. They're looking like they're on Whew. the up and coming. Shit, uh, I had never considered the Devils. The only issue with the Devils is you have to live in New Jersey. Well, you don't have to, but it, it makes things easier. You to have live to in travel New to New Jersey. Yeah, a lot. you, ha- you yeah. have to go to Hoboken a yeah. lot. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's <laughs> that's where I'd be. Heading, I don't know. I I've never been to either of these places, but I don't know what sounds worse to me: New Jersey or the or Long Island. Probably Long Island. Huh. Nah, oh, the ice teas. Nah, are no, good. New Jersey sounds like it sucks. Yeah. Sorry to all of our listeners in New Jersey. Um. Yeah. So you think he's going there? I I st- I still stand by my Rangers. Yeah. I still think that's where he's going. Yeah. Panarin. Bob. Yeah, Bob. Honestly, I I'm. I think he's going to Florida. Sure. I do, but I don't think they're going together. I think that uh, that fairy tale's been uh, overwritten for sure. Um, the Montreal Canadiens love the Cole Caulfield pick. Love it. Ooh, baby. Even as a Leaf fan, I love it because here's why: it just part of me cheers from Montreal. I want us both to be good at the same time. <laughs> We're just. When was the last time both these teams were good the same year? Never. 
Don't even say Montreal was good two years ago. They fucking weren't. <laughs> and the Leafs weren't good for 15 years before that. <clears throat> 1993. There you go. Exactly. I didn't see that year. I missed that year, okay? So, I am down for this rivalry. I think Cole Caulfield... Caulfield. That's a hard name to say. Cole Cough cough Syrup is way better than people give him credit for. Yeah. And I was so happy Montreal made that pick because that pick came around and Sam Cosentino and Jeff Merrick and the boys are all saying, I can't believe Caulfield keeps sliding. Who's going to take him? And Mark Bergman walks up and I'm like, there's no fucking way. (laughs) There is no fucking way they don't fuck this up. And they didn't fuck it up. They picked the right guy. I think. That's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know what? Like I said, I I touched on it a little bit earlier with with the whole Spezza to Montreal thing. I I think Montreal's going to be sneaky good this year. They're they're well-positioned, I think. Hey... They were supposed to be horrible last year. They exactly. almost made the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it, it's if they can keep this going, right? Because, again, I'm not lying. I, re- I really don't like a lot of parts of this roster. They have a lot of players I'm not crazy about. But they made it work last year. Mm-hmm. If they can grab a, a big fish on D in, uh, in free agency... Yeah, if they had a Carl Alsner-esque player, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. No, I, like, at the end of the day, I I've, I think I've said this more than anything I've ever said on, on any other subject on the podcast. Sure. If you've got Carey Price, you're you're not have like, yeah. don't panic. Yeah, like, just, uh, I'm not concerned. I'm not writing you off. No one's going to write you off. No. You've got Carey Price. Shit can get weird. Yeah. Um... But no, I, I think the forward group is... They're like, the only team that can make sense of having Carey Price, too. Like, we've had this debate on the podcast mm-hmm. before. No team is going to trade for Carey Price at that contract because they can't guarantee that he works out there. Yeah. So you can't take that risk of trading for a goalie that makes $80 million until the planet melts into the sun. Like, you can't take that risk. Yeah, Montreal's the only team where he's going to play. He's not getting traded. Yeah. And the, the forwards, I think, there's no... There's no one that stands out above the rest, but I, I think they've got one of the best top nines in terms of just sheer talent um, on paper. Like they've got they've they've got nine guys that they can throw at you that are all about the same skill level. The the one thing I'll give Montreal is they had a lot of players, if not at least everyone on their forward group. Maybe not some of the defensemen, but every single one of their players proved people wrong last year up mm-hmm. front. Like. You go down the list, man. Like people have their doubts about Jonathan Drewen. He, he, you know, he struggled at points last year, but at five point five, you don't really need to worry about Drewen too much. Tatar, everyone thought he was done. He had a great year last year. Ta-ta. Gallagher at three point seven five. Gallagher was one of the best five on five forwards in the National Hockey League last year. Byron is unbelievable, great two way player. Max Domi had a great year. Philip Deneau was like seventh in the Selkie voting, which blows my fucking mind, and I don't really agree with that, but that's fine. Um, you know, like you keep going down, let's like Jordan Wheel is an unbelievable analytics player. Like the analytics community loves this guy because he is one of the few players in the league that skates the puck over the blue line and his team keeps the puck every fucking time. <laughs> like, he is really good at skating the puck in his zone. Well, that's kind of you know, Key. the point of the game. Yeah. Uh, other than scoring goals, that's like the second most important thing to kind of do is make sure you have the puck. Here's here's my big uh, 2020 uh, prediction. Mm-hmm. Victor Mete gets his first central goal. Let's go, <laughs> hot damn. All right, let's do it. 
Oh man, do you think uh, do you think they should buy out Carl Osner or did you keep waiting on that? Uh, I mean, the, the good news is about probably, the Habs is like just before we move on here, they have ten million dollars in cap space, which is you know it's not a lot, but they don't really need to sign anyone. Like Charles Udon, Arteri Lekkinen, Joel Armia are all RFAs. Okay, mm-hmm. you got Mike Riley and Jordy Ben that needs deals. I can't see Jordy Ben coming back. I don't know why you would keep Mike Riley around, but maybe they do. Um, everyone else is under contract, so they have fourteen signed forwards, seven signed deals. Like they don't need to sign anyone. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Like they can just go into next year with the same fucking team they had. Um, do they keep the magic going? I don't know. But, hey, the, last year ended on a positive note despite not making the playoffs. So, um, good for Montreal, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But the sum of that uh, conversation was, boy, do I love cold, cold cough syrup. Uh, yeesh. Don't from... start the timer. We don't need it. This will be 20 <laughs> seconds. Let's the just... most, the most, on the most positive note to uh, this. The um, Ottawa Senators. So the Senators didn't have their first uh, round pick because, uh, if, if you don't recall, they traded it away to another team last year and then proceeded to have the worst season um, of any of the uh, 31 uh, clubs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got a pick later at the deadline for trading another guy for a pick. And uh, that's all you need to know. That's that's it. Mo- moving on. No, we should, we should talk about the pick. Because there's... Uh more bad news uh, Lassie Thompson was maybe the only pick of the draft and this includes Maurice Sider where the announcers were like yeesh I don't know about that <laughs> um, A the kid may never play hockey in North America he's never said that he's interested in doing so uh, secondly uh, there is a lot of rumor that uh, they jumped on him and that uh, you know maybe they took him a little too early uh, there are some doubts with the pick, and we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, to me, it was a year where they're bad, and I don't know that anything happened at the draft that necessarily makes me think that this is turning around all that quick. Um, the good news is they have Eric Brandstrom. He's probably going to play next year. He'll probably be really good. Um, Yeah. There you go. That's it? Yeah. You're uh, good? No, you got nothing, eh? Uh, It's it's not going to be any better. I I, I don't know. It's not going to be fun next season. we got to re-sign Colin White. Uh, But the good news is is that they have $89 trillion to do so. so. Oh, well. They can use $89 trillion. They probably only have six. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I'll, okay. I'll, I'll finish up real quick. Just I want to preface sure. this at, at the end of our our first season, as as we're drawing near the end of, of season one of the podcast. Um, I don't want to talk about Ottawa till they get a new owner. I'm just, I'm just that that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with this mm-hmm. team. I don't, okay. I don't know. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the city. I don't know. This, this guy needs to just. Go like he needs to have a Harold Ballard moment and just die. So I that's yeah. I can't wait till I do our best of uh, clips of the year show where I take the p- clip of you self proclaiming us as an Ottawa Senators <laughs> podcast on the second episode and line it up with you being like, can we just never talk about this team anymore? <laughs> Fucking sick of this. It took not even a year for the Ottawa Senators to break you down from talking about them for twenty minutes a week 
for fucking like maybe a third of our episodes and you're done you're just done that's it cool all right well fuck them uh the tampa bay lightning they drafted nolan foot so they now have a couple of feet everyone made the twitter joke everyone is very haha funny um they have to re-sign brayden point who i hear is good uh adam ernie Danik Martell, I don't know, he's fucking, he might be the worst player in the NHL. Uh, Cedric Paquette, Dan Girardi. <laughs> he might be the worst player in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, okay. Or Anton Strawman. Um, they recently, look, I'm not going to make light of this situation. Um, they recently learned that veteran Brian Callahan will not be playing next season. He has a degenerative condition in his back, which is, uh, I, I think, similar to Nathan Horton's situation. Um, that's 5.8 off the cap next year because he will be on long-term injured reserve barring any medical miracles. Um, they're really good still. <laughs> like, yeah, they're still really good. Uh, yeah. Callahan is a slight Point. blow in well, the sense that, like, yeah. he's probably not worth $5.8 million anymore. He's still pretty good defensively. It's just, like, his speed's really faded off, and now we know why. Um, but... You know, they they still kind of need to replace Ryan Callahan. Yeah. Kind of. Well, uh, yeah, get get Braden Point figured out. That's going to be tough. Like, let's let's not shake a stick at it. He had a fantastic season. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about a certain other uh, winger, small guy in the Atlantic that's an RFA that is going to get a lot of money. But Braden Point should be right at the top of that <sighs> conversation gonna, as well. We're not going to talk about the Leafs. Um, we're skipping the Leafs. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'd like to see them bring back Strawman if they can make it work. I, I don't know if they can. It's going to be pretty tight with the money, but uh, to yeah. say the least, for sure, they'll be fine. I mean, they, they have they have ten. They're, they're going to need to make a move to clear something up here. They have ten million dollars in cap room, which is probably almost all going to go to Braden Point. Yeah, um, like ten point six million in cap room. Probably, I'm going to guess eight point five of that is going to Braden Point. Mind you, they, um, they get that 5.8 added to that once the LTIR kicks in. Oh, true. It hasn't kicked in. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's not bad then. They might be able to bring back Strawman. You're right. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, they also have a first-round pick next year. Possibly two. Because the Vancouver Canucks... Yeah, well, sorry, two, yeah. Uh, because the Vancouver Canucks decided that it would be wise to trade a first-round pick for JT Miller. Um, It's conditional, but... Um, it, it's... Uh, if the Canucks do not make the point. Okay, so it's severely lottery protected, at least, um, in yeah. the short term. But, uh, yeah, that's a lot. It is. For JT Miller, who's fine. Yeah. Definitely fine. Definitely top six NHLer, but... Kind of makes you wonder why the Jets couldn't get more for Truba. Okay. Um, no, thought, like, thoughts on Tampa? Any, they'll, anything they'll be, really to say there? They'll be fine. They have the guy that probably should have won the... Jack Adams, they got the guy that won the heart. They got the guy that won the Ted Lindsay. Um, Vesna. Vesna, yeah. yeah. The Norris candidate. Like, yeah, they're fine. They'll, yeah. Be, they'll be great next year. Maybe not record level uh, this year, but, you know, maybe more playoff wins next season. We'll see. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they have a, uh, a young player, and I'm, we're all interested to see what the, what the contract comes in at. Um, you know, it's been a talk uh, for a long time about what you know what do you pay him and uh you know it's going to come right down to the wire as to what the Leafs end up paying Kasperi Kapanen but to me I think you know that that deal that has been rumored around three years 3.2 3.4 is about where uh where he should come in 
Uh, yeah, that's that seems to be where they're heading. I think uh, Bob McKenzie was discussing uh, some rough numbers, and obviously we're all waiting for the salary cap to, uh, uh, you know, be well, we were waiting for it to be finalized. Now that it is, I think I think we can all sit back and, and say to ourselves that yeah, this this guy's probably going to get a contract or, you know, around three years and probably somewhere around the thirteen fourteen million dollar mark. So fantastic, good for them. Okay, and of course the good news is it's all a result of them having signed Andreas Janssen for four years. Uh, 3.25 which was obviously the big fish mm-hmm. um, yeah and I mean you know it, it's great because they now have like a lot of money to spend in free agency because of uh, you know they don't have to pay Mitch Marner now so well that locks down their top <laughs> nine right that's that's all they needed right there was two two um, of the three wingers and they got two of them so let's uh, yeah. listen we'll, we'll, we'll skip Marner for now and then maybe we'll get back to him in a minute here but um, I think there's a really strong chance they bring back Ron Hainsey Next year, who's slated to be a unrestricted free agent right now, probably going to be a one-year deal at one point five to one million dollars somewhere in there. I would think no more than that. Um, Martin Marincin, uh, I, I imagine, is gone. Uh, Jake Gardner is obviously someone they want to bring back. I would be very happy, but if Zaitsev's not getting moved, which is looking less and less likely, um, then you know you're kind of you're kind of you know. Yeah, I, I think that one is just it's going to have to be uh, you know to be determined because I, I I honestly think if if they can get rid of Zaitsev, Gardner's going to stick around. Mm-hmm. So it, it's oh oh tough, for sure I, I I think it's going to be tough to get rid of Zaitsev. I I really thought if it was going to happen, it was going to happen over last weekend. And and the problem is is that I think now because you paid a team to take Patrick Marlowe's deal because uh, I guess we should address that the Leafs traded Patrick Marlowe and conditionally their first round pick next year. Um, to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a sixth-round pick. Um, so they, they paid to get out from under Marlowe's deal so they didn't have to physically buy him out. Um, Carolina's going to take the hit, and in exchange, the Leafs are going to give him a first-round pick at some point down the road. You can't pay to get out from two contracts in one offseason, though, I think. Like, you, you just, you can't. Well, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't, don't think they would with sites of... That, well, but that's what I'm saying is, like, I feel like if a deal was to be had, it would have been had by now. So I'm a little bit skeptical about how much interest there is anymore in Zaitsev. I'm not doubting that it wasn't there at one point. Um, but I'm a little skeptical as to whether or not that deal gets done now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it's... I've, it's not an easy contract to get out from under. I really... Like, for any defenseman. 4.5 is a lot of money. I really didn't expect it to happen um, yet. I think uh, I think a lot of it's going to hinge on how the first week of free agency goes. You know, if certain certain teams are going to be looking at certain defensemen, and if they don't get their guy, then all of a sudden, hey, you know what? That Zaitsev guy sold in Toronto. Uh, he's better than what we have now. Let's let's revisit that, and maybe we can get something done. The problem is, is if with those types of scenarios, it leaves room for Jake Gardner to get an offer and sign it and leave before that deal gets done. So it's. It's tough. Um, I I think it's just going to depend on how quickly Jake wants to uh, put that decision to bed and uh, move on with his career, or if he's willing to just kind of sit back and say, hey, you know, maybe there's a chance that I can come back in Toronto. I'm going to bide my time, maybe take this thing into August before I I make a decision, and and, and we'll see what happens that way. That's where I kind of land on it, but it's tough. You're right. It's, it's, It's a lot of money, so... There's one thing I didn't mention earlier because I wanted to mention it now too is that I do genuinely think that if the Jets get a little creative and perhaps end up moving Matthew Perot, I, I think Jake Gardner's toward the top of their list to mm-hmm. be honest with you. They need a left shot guy 
um, that can play major minutes. And the good news is for for Gardner, um, his right-handed pairing, it probably would be Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> it's a little bit better than anyone he's played with to this point. True. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, good for the Leafs there. What is going to happen with Mitch Marner? Because we, we've talked before, uh, before, months ago, what we thought would happen. We talked maybe a month or two ago about what we would pay him if we were the GM. But that's not what we thought would happen. In the last week or two, it's become a very real possibility that Mitch Marner has played his last game as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Whether or not you buy it, it, it is looking more possible now. Not that it's going to happen, but it's you know it's not without the realm now. What do you think happens there? He'll be a Leaf come September. Come September? Yeah. See, now, he'll be a Leaf moving forward is one thing I buy. I I I have I don't know if this is going to get done before that. I, I don't think Calgary's can afford to do what he did last year with Nylander. Um, so I think he's he's going to get close to training camp, bite the bullet. Because, well, we, we all saw how Nylander was when he came back. And the Leafs are at a very critical point, I think, right now with, with the lineup they have where they can't really afford to go through that where you only get half a season of who might be, who might be, I'm not saying he is, but he, he might be your best player. Uh, and then he comes back and, you know, maybe now his development's taken a hit and now he's only getting six goals next season and you stumble into the playoffs and the guy still isn't quite there yet and now you've missed another year of your window. So I really don't see how Kyle Dubas can justify doing what he did last year with Mitch Marner and he's probably going to have to bite a bullet at some point here just like he did with Patrick Marlowe. Um, you know, just like he had to do eventually with William Nealander last year. Um, I don't know. I if 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 that happens again this year with with Nealander, I'm sorry, but I'm s- starting to doubt Dubas at, at that point because if 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 the guy can't do one part of his job effectively, it's nice that he's great analytically and he's got all these great ideas on one side, but you got to do the whole package. And at this level, if he's if he can't, if he's unable, then I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, my whole thing is there's something to be said about the fact that he was able to come to terms with Austin Matthews. And, you know, has Austin Matthews ever really been labeled as a guy who was going to get greedy? Well, a little bit, but did he? Not really. Like, he got paid. Most people would argue he's the second best player in the NHL. He is the second highest paid player. Well, not anymore, actually. He's the third highest paid, I think. Carlson ended up getting more or no? I can't remember the final number, yeah. but I, anyway, it's close. But regardless, Austin Matthews, second highest paid forward in the National Hockey League as of right now. Um, you know, there was a lot of debate that Nylander was going to get a little greedy and there was going to be a situation there, and whether or not you want to say he got greedy, that's that's up to you. But, um, you know, uh, we've had the same thing with Mitch Marner for about a year where, you know, everyone started to come into the conversation. Um, you know, he doesn't want to take a certain amount of money, and, you know, there's the whole argument while well, his family doesn't want him to take a certain amount of money and you know whether or not that's true i mean mitch marner's a fucking adult he can do whatever he wants um you know i'm not gonna sit here and, and say that kyle dubas has done a bad job because i i do think a lot of this has to do with william nylander and mitch marner personally i'm not calling them selfish they have every right to do this 
Um, I'm just saying, I, I think that they made personal choices to do so because um, Nylander's deal is fair. Uh, I, I personally think he's worth more money than that. But, uh, like, I side with Nylander there, but a lot of people think that the Leafs overpaid for Nylander. So the majority says that the Leafs overpaid for him. So, you know, that is what it is. But he got a fair deal, and he still sat out to get it. Um, to, to say that Mitch Marner should be the highest-paid winger in the National Hockey League is ludicrous to me. But that's, you know, that's my opinion. Um, but I still sort of agree with what I said earlier, um, months ago, when we discussed this, what he should make. I think Kyle Dubas needs to control the situation in the, in the sense that I think the Leafs are better with Mitch Marner than without Mitch Marner. And I think at a certain point, you have to somewhat ignore the numbers in terms of what he's making. Because if the difference is between him making, say, the Leafs want to pay him 10-2, and Marner wants 11-5, well, is having Mitch Marner or not having Mitch Marner really worth $1.3 million to you? Like, if you'd rather have him, you got to find a way to keep him. If you wouldn't rather have him, and you'd rather take those picks, and you'd rather spend the money elsewhere, then that's up to you. But I think Kyle Dubas sees it kind of the way I see it, which is that I would rather the Leafs just have as many fucking really good players as they can have. And Mitch Marner's really good. Is he the best winger in the NHL? Not even close, I don't think, honestly, but whatever. Yeah. If they I, gotta pay him to keep him, they have to pay him to keep him, I think. I, I know what... The good news is, and sorry to cut you off, but what I, what I, kind of my last point about that was if he doesn't want an eight-year deal, I don't know if I want to pay him $11 million for eight years. I'm not comfortable with that either. If he wants a five-year deal at 11-something, I feel better about that. Sure. Because I, I, I gotta tell you, man, he has not been worth $11.5 million for more games then he has been worth $11.5 million. That li- that number, that it's a really slim amount of games, I think, to be honest with you. Sure, but, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, we all heard Dubas talk about how, like, all oh, the stance has kind of changed now, and, uh, you know, we might not match an offer, depending. Like, it's not an automatic mm-hmm. kind of thing. I saw that more as, uh, you know, him him trying to say to, to Mitch, like, Mitch wants to be in Toronto. Like, let's, let's not, like you know, dick around here there. He's a Leaf fan. He grew up in Toronto. Yeah. He wants to play for Toronto. Um, if his agent's willing to tell him that, Hey, uh, you, you sign this, uh, offer sheet, oh, the Leafs will match right away. And this whole thing goes away. That sounds like a really easy, e- e- like exit. That that's a really, you know, simple way for Mitch Marner to sit back and say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I have an out. I'll take it. They absolutely will not automatically match. I, I have to. I have to say that too. Like the like you're saying, like the whole argument of him automatically matching. I no, there are teams he will not match it. I guarantee you. Uh, yeah, but I just don't think any team is going to go to a point high enough where you wouldn't match it. Is is my is my argument? Because oh no, exactly. There's three teams that can afford to do this. Well, they're either going to give you four first round picks. Or they're signing a deal where it's below that compensation number, which is like a fucking win because that's like a nine million, nine and a half million dollar contract. Like the cutoff's ten two, I believe. Yeah. So if he's coming in at under ten two, you fucking match it because he's he's worth around ten two probably. You know. Right. I'm just saying. I don't think probably there's a. Best, I don't think there's a team that can go high enough with a dollar yeah, value. No, exactly. Where the Leafs wouldn't match it. Yeah. Like I don't think a team's going to show up next week with a fourteen million dollar offer. I I don't see that happening. No. 
So that'd be insane. Exactly. I I don't. I just that's where I I see an automatic match in my mind is like, because there's only so much money that these teams have to give, and it's not going to be a ludicrous number where the Leafs are going to oh, we'll mm-hmm. take the picks. So well, I mean, if LA wants to sign him for eleven and a half million dollars for next year, I'd I'd rather have the first overall pick next year. Yeah, with the lottery, you never. No, but no, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like, there's enough analytics department where they can kind of crunch out the numbers and be like, well, this team has like a pretty decent chance of being shitty next year. So you know, maybe we match it, maybe we don't. Like, I'm just saying, like, at a certain point, I think if the numbers come in at something stupid and you don't agree with the number for the contract, and the data points to this team not necessarily being that much better with Mitch Marner, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, LA is an example. You know what I mean? Like, there are some bad teams. Like, Edmonton has been bad. Edmonton is better with Mitch Marner, for sure. (laughs) Like, any team is, but they're good enough where I, I, you know, I'd probably match that. But, I don't know. I I think there's an argument to be made for not matching. But, we'll see what happens. Uh, So, you're optimistic it gets done soon, essentially. It'll get done, probably early September. So, let's move on over to the Metropolitan. Metropolitan. Glen Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. How many points is Patty Marlowe putting up with the Hurricanes next season? Go. None. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes have $21 million in cap space for this offseason. It will work out to about 25 ish once they buy out Patrick Marlowe. Um, they got a lot of money. A lot of options to do what they want. I think we talked about this team recently on the podcast. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is going to need a new deal. He's going to come in somewhere between 8-5 at the lowest. I can't see it being lower than that. But if it is, good for them. Uh, maybe around 10, somewhere in there. It's probably going to be 8.5 to $10 million. So that's going to eat up a good chunk of it. You still have to sign Justin Williams, which is a strong chance it'll be a one-year, one, two million kind of thing. He might um, retire. Where'd you hear that? I thought he said he was definitely coming back. Oh, I definitely didn't see that. But... Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure when they lost in the playoffs, he said he would. He was oh, very yeah? open. Yeah. Okay. There, no, um, there was some chatter on Twitter about him retiring. There was. I, I know this for sure. Is he said he wouldn't play anywhere else. So if he's coming back, it's going to be for the Carolina sure. Hurricanes. It's just yeah. a matter: do they want him back? Which I. <laughs> Yeah, take them back, I would say. Um, yeah, um, the good news for Carolina, their decor is locked in for next year. All six are signed, um, so you don't have anything to worry about there. The forward group is really all you got to worry about, and it's just me, basically Aho, and you should probably want to keep Furland, but I think for Furland, it would be wise for him to test the open market yeah. because he will get severely overpaid in the open market, so you should definitely go. And get your get your chunk of change, buddy. True. Um, they could also maybe want to spend some time finding a starting goaltender. Just putting that thought of training. Unless Scott Darling's your boy, I uh, just yep might want to find a guy to play net. Bobrovsky. You know what? There's some money to be had in that'd Carolina, be cool. so <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we've already dissected um, who we thought they could target as a free agent or, or as a trade target. Um, I wouldn't be overly shocked if one of McElhaney or Morazic is back next year. I would lean much heavier toward Morazic because I think there is 
more interest in McElhaney in the sense that Curtis McElhaney's not trying to make $20 million this offseason. He's pretty aware that he's going to be signing a one- or two-year deal at probably no more than $6 million total. And there's a decent chance someone might pay Peter Morazic like $20 million because he had a good year and he's still 27. So you never know. Yeah. Um, that team might be Carolina, for all we know. But there's a pretty good chance, I would say, Morazic stays at a decent number, maybe a Darling-esque number or less. Um, McElhaney is obviously going back to Toronto because who wouldn't? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but, uh, essentially they had a great year. They achieved much more than I think a lot of people thought they would. And there's no real reason to think that they won't be back other than if you buy the argument that this was a, a lot of luck, which I don't. Well, their track record isn't great, so it could be, but we'll see. Well, the difference is that they found goalies who could stop the puck at higher than an eight fucking 89 clip yeah. you know it so i mean it, as, as long as they find someone to do that next year which i mean it would stand to reason just keep the guys who did it for you this year um then they'll be fine so yeah i don't know but if you're a carolina hurricanes fan first off i'd like to meet you because i've never met one but secondly uh i think everything's gonna be fine there you go so there you go the who's next Ooh, yeesh the columbus blue jackets 30 million dollars in cap space um, are they going to be the only team not to meet the cap floor? <laughs> uh, not. It's not out of the realm. Well, <laughs> it's, I was kidding, but like, it's really not like impossible. Uh, they'll just throw like a big contract at one of their like unsigned prospects if they really had to, I'm sure. So now I was at work yesterday. Did the Columbus Blue Jackets trade their third round pick to acquire two fourth round picks? Cause they had three picks yesterday. They should have only had two. One was a third and one was a seventh, and they picked two in the fourth and one in the seventh. I believe they traded down. That's mint. Yeah. <laughs> so Yarmo went to the draft just to make the big fucking trade, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they got $30 million. They ooh, they do have some decisions to make, actually. Zach Wierenski's in, in need of a deal. That will not be cheap. Ryan Mur- Murray's in need of a deal. That won't be overly cheap. Um, yeah. Eric Robinson is a guy. Gonna right. need someone other than Elvis Merz- Elvis Presley in net. So, um, yep, need a goalie for sure. I, I imagine they'll just bring back Corpusallo, and it'll just be Corpusallo and Merzlikens probably next year. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is a lot of hype on Merzlikens, um, but there was also a lot of hype coming in on Miko Koskinen coming into this year. So, I mean, who's to say really for sure? If, but, if you're, uh, you're Corpusello, are you sitting back going, uh, I'm all you got, baby. Ah, more, more. And then the, ca- the camera just cuts to him standing outside the fucking gates in the rain. Just <laughs> like, oh, no. I've been, uh, oh, please take me back. Like, knocking Yarmo's, like, flipping him off from inside his massive mansion. Yeah, I don't know. I, um... It'll be interesting in Columbus. I mean, the good news is they likely bought themselves a little bit more attraction in terms of free agents. And this isn't a team that's had a ton of luck as of late getting free agents, but this is a team where in the past they were able to land guys. Like, guys went to Columbus. Like, fucking, you know, really old reference for you kids out there, but, like, Christian Husalius took not that much money 
to go to Columbus because he wanted to play there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can attract a free agent or two this summer. So the good news is, is their core seems to be almost good enough that they can kind of move on, but they need to find someone to stop the puck and they're not going to have Panarin next year. Yeah. I think the Zingle stays. I think they're going to throw a lot of that $30 million at him. <sighs> fuck, I hope not. Holy fuck. Yeah. He is. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe. He wasn't great there, though. Like, there he was no reason but to, you, like... You gotta, you gotta keep something from that whole uh, deadline period where you went all in knowing that you're going to lose so much in free, like in the offseason. You gotta keep something, as far as I'm concerned. Like... Yarmo's got to be able to get up on the podium in September and say, yeah, but sure. I've still got Ryan. And it's like, yeah, that's not, that's probably not what you wanted to keep out of all of the options, but it's still something that you can fall back on. So, Okay. Uh, moving on. Through the Met- Metropolitan Division. The New Jersey Devils. Listen maybe one of the better 24 hours I have ever seen a team have in an offseason. That was insane. Um, they got their franchise forward in Jack Hughes, a bona fide number one center for for once, because have they ever really had one? <laughs> like, was Scott Gomez really a number one center, or was the team just good enough defensively he never had to play in his own end? Um, and, you know... P.K. Subban, who's, you know, probably should have two Norris trophies, but he has one for sure. So, yeah, that's that's pretty good. And they didn't really give up anything that they're going to miss mm. for, like, what are they, like, who's going in the second round next year that they're going to miss? You tell me that there are a bunch of guys walking around with Steve Santini jerseys that are going to miss him, his family, but they'll just buy Nashville Predators Steve Santini jerseys or Mil- Milwaukee Admiral. Come on, the guy's, the guy's Steve name Santini was Santini jerseys. living in New Jersey. There was so many Santini jerseys. Are you kidding me? Dog. Yeah, um, l- listen, joke. Absolute joke. It was a great, great day for the New Jersey Devils uh, uh, Friday and Saturday. It's awesome. Um, I may watch some New Jersey Devils games this year. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, if Schneider's not starting, I might tune in for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. No, that's that's really all I have to say about them. I, like, oh, that's it. Okay. They, they did well. They, oh, they, shit. They, 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 they did. They did great. It's just I don't know. Like I'm not convinced that they're gonna be that much better next year. Okay. Well, here's yeah. my here's my thing with them. Um, is they still have a decent amount of cap space. I wouldn't be shocked if they add another good player. Oh, Artemi Panarin. Sure. I I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It's good they for do. them, they, and and no one really too pressing to sign. I mean, Zaka is really. probably a guy you, you'd like to have back, but it's you know, yeah. And that's literally just because he was a high pick, and it's like we may as well give him one more opportunity, yeah. kind of thing. Well, you know? well, Butcher, you probably want back just to kind of help patch some of the holes left by. Uh, yeah, they do have to sign Butcher for sure, yeah. uh, and definitely uh, Mirko Mueller. But don't sleep on Connor Carrick. Uh, Connor Carrick is another guy I think might uh, be on the Jets radar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Well, good for the Devils. Uh, you know, I give it up to them. Give it up to their fans. It's uh, it's awesome. It's been a long, hard road. And as a Leaf fan, I feel you there. So, uh, yeah, good for the Devils. It seems to be on the up and up. So, uh, 
I will say this though, uh, one negative thing to say about the Devils, because we always have to include one positive and one negative for all these teams. Ray Shiro may have given the weirdest pre-first overall pick speech I've ever heard in my life. He seemed like he was on Ambien or something. I Thank you, Vancouver. He's just like looking over like five sections. Like, is someone flashing their tits at you? I don't understand. What are you looking at? Like, just say the guy's name and get off the stage. He's up there for like three minutes just tripping balls. It was fucked. Do you think Ray Shiro's the type to do shrooms before he goes on? No. No? I don't. I okay. Really well, don't. it would have explained a lot. Yeah. Um, speaking of doing shrooms for if you're a general manager, uh, Lou Lamorello and the New York Islanders um, enter this offseason with some interesting decisions to make. It's actually one of the kind of more interesting teams to me in the sense that uh, they have $20 million in cap space and for some reason uh, have no interest in committing it to one of the three forwards they have that's actually all right. Sure. Well, they've yeah, won well, three, I guess. Yeah, they have I, probably yeah. like five, but... Yeah. No, do they? Barzell, good. Everly, good. No, three, I guess. Yeah, and then Andrews Lee. So, yeah, I don't know. They don't want to sign him. He's testing the free agency talking well, window. sure they want to sign him, but... I, I don't know. I heard something that they weren't willing to go long-term a while ago, and then that's just kind of, like, compounded to this point. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, he wanted, like, you know, a five- or six-year deal or, like, an eight-year deal, ideally, and they, like, they weren't even willing to talk to him, apparently. Oh. So that's kind of interesting to okay. me, but all right, that's that's fine. Uh, you got Michael Dalcali, which was another high pick, is another guy you're probably going to need to hang on to for one more year just to be like, all right, this is, this is kind of it for you. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier, you have to get signed. Uh, other than that, Robin Leonard is going to be, uh, what do you do there? Uh, three or four year deal and you try to keep it around six seven million if you can I think that's pretty fair for Robin Leonard like he's he's really only had the one really successful season last year with the Islanders and it was only really a half a season because uh, between injuries and them splitting time with Grace um, I, I don't know he's he had a great season don't get me wrong I'm not saying he didn't I just I don't think there's enough um, that he can bring to the table on his resume and say, hey, like, I, I deserve to be paid this much. And, you know, the Islanders are obviously going to do whatever they can to keep the number lower. And uh, I think they have a fairly decent case to make. Mm-hmm. He is a UFA, so, I mean, at the end of the day, he could walk and get his money elsewhere because I, I think a lot of teams would pay for him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. If, if, if he wants to stay in, in Long Island, it might not be the highest ticket. You know where's the best fit for him is? Well, we just talked about a couple of teams that don't have any goaltending, so uh, you know, Columbus and New Jersey come to mind. But uh, where, 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 do you, where could you see him going? The other team that we talked about with no goaltending. Go to fucking Carolina, buddy. Oof. Yeah, I guess. It's time for him to have some fun playing hockey. Go play with the fucking boys. Go play with the jerks. Hop across that series. Go to the winning side. Fuck it. All right. I like it. I love it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I love that guy. See you in October. Yeah. Um, The other New York team, well, I guess there's three, (laughs) but the the other team in New York in its name. And definitely in terms of, you know, where would you rather live, like New Jersey, Long Island, Manhattan, or Buffalo, (laughs) I'd pick Manhattan. I've heard a few good things. It looks fun on movies. So uh, I would live there. They have Capo Caco now, who is just a 
freak of nature. The um, uh, the best player in the draft. Just if if the Devils currently or by the end of it. If if the Devils didn't need a center, it should have been Kako at number one. That guy, that Kako, is going to be oh ridiculous. I don't necessarily disagree with you either. I, I like Jack Hughes a lot. I think he's fucking gross, but that, it's not to say Hughes is going to be bad. I'm not, oh, I'm not saying Kako's going to be insane. I, I think like, Kako's going to be probably one of the top five. Like, are we talking say about it. top five players in the league uh, in his no. prime? I thought you were going to say top New York Rangers of all time. Well, he might be it's, then. It's yeah, not a it's, fucking unreal list. Who, who's the greatest New York Ranger of all time? Messier. Yeah? Probably. Just because of the like whole cup thing. Lundqvist, eh? maybe. Brian Leach comes to mind. I would say, I think it's Leach yeah. to me. No, Leach, Leach is a fair That's argument. It's crazy that Lundqvist is actually like, think about that. Feels like just yesterday he came in the league, because, you know, we're 40 years old. And it just feels like, it's just, you know, it's been, what a long, strange trip it's been it with really Henrik has. Lundqvist. Yeah. Um, and to make things stranger, uh, Henrik Lundqvist is still on the team. So... <laughs> Uh, that'll be interesting next year at $8.5 million a year. But yeah, the Rangers, it's not dark days in New York. Like, this may be one of the quicker rebuilds I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's not done. Like, don't get excited if you're a Rangers fan. This is not done. Um, But there's a really good chance that if they don't make any more moves, that this actually might be enough to get them out of it. They might actually be there. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's going to take some development. It's not going to be like, you know, we're not talking about a team that's going to the conference finals next year. And having said that, they're definitely going to the conference finals next year. Um, I like a lot of what this team has in the minors. I like a lot of the young players in the pipeline here. So, yeah, I I, I think this is it's going to be great. Yeah. They also got the uh, best named guy at the draft this year in, in Hunter Skinner. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. They, they, I mean, like, they, yeah, they got a good young goalie prospect, Igor Sestjorkin, um, Kako. Like, you can't really argue with this young core. Craft you, you have be really good in a few years, too. Yeah, you have a, at least in my opinion, a very legitimate number one center locked in at a hilarious price of 5.35 a year in Mika Zabinijad for three more seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, that is hilarious to me. Um... And one of the better contracts in the league, quite honestly. Uh, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Good times ahead for New York. One guy I'm cheering for on that team, too, and I'm happy. Like, I hope he has another really good year next year. Or, well, he didn't have a good year, but he had a good finish to the year. Ryan Strom. I, I like Ryan Strom sure. a lot. I want to see yeah. that guy keep doing well. And I, it'd be really cool if he put in 20 goals next year or something for the Rangers. It'd be nice to see the Strom boys uh, come back to prominence, you know, for sure. Yeah, it looked really, really not good there. Uh, go, basically, the first month of last year, was like, oh, God, all the Stroms suck. Now it's like, ah, oh, Ryan's a legit, like, top six forward right now for the Rangers. Dylan is better than Jonathan Taves, apparently, somehow. That's crazy. So, yeah. Good for them. The Philadelphia Flyers. Ugh. Yeesh! Um, okay. First off, the Flyers made a very interesting decision at the draft to trade the 11th overall pick for the 14th overall pick. Straight uh, up. To, to, uh, um, and a, there's a second rounder involved. Um, for Cam, they drafted Cam York with the pick. Um, 
jury's a little bit out on Cam York. But uh, they obviously saw something in him that they were willing to move down to get him. They saw something in Igor Afanasyev to pick him in the second round. So it's an interesting decision to me. Honestly, I think the best draft decision of the Flyers draft was probably picking Bobby Brink in the second round. Like, that actually might be the best decision that they made. But regardless, it was some interesting decisions. Um, They got Kevin Hayes for essentially free. Uh, but it also cost them $50 million. So, was it free? <laughs> At what cost did you get Kevin Hayes? Um, I think it's interesting we live in a world, and we're going to get there in a minute, where uh, Kevin Hayes makes two or $1.2 million more per year than William Carlson. But that's, uh, that's a conversation for, I guess, 20 minutes from now. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't love the Hayes deal. I think it's too much. We talked a few weeks ago about how at six million a year for five, six years is a little sketchy. He ended up getting eight years or seven years? Eight, I think. Yeah. No, I think it's seven. It's seven at just over seven a year. So seven years at seven point one four two million dollars a year. That is a lot of money. Kevin Hayes. I like Kevin Hayes. But, you know. They also traded uh, a second and a third round pick for Justin Braun. Yes, that Justin Braun. And they also traded Radko Gudis for Matt Niskanen. Correct me if I'm wrong, straight up? Uh, yeah, and they retained salary on Gudis. Yeah, so retain salary on the better defenseman to get a higher paid, worse defenseman. Yeah, gotta hit that salary floor. Like, you'd have to be really sick of Radko Gudis's antics to make that trade, man. Well, maybe they were. You know, maybe, maybe that's just the kind of guy that it, Alan Vigneault doesn't to want to coach. That's fine. But are you? T- that was the best you could do? Like, uh, the fucking, like, unless, like, every team just hates Radko Gudis. I don't know how you couldn't, but. Well, sh- sure. Except, unless you're the, the Bruins could have traded for him. Like, and not given you Matt Niskanen in return. Like, you know, do you hate him that bad that you need to take? Like, I like Matt Niskanen. I'd like Matt Niskanen at 50% retained, though. If the Leafs had Matt Niskanen at, like, 2.9, I'm I'm all about Matt Niskanen. Don't get me wrong. Eh. Almost $6 million a year for two more years? Eh. Eh. Nah. Thank hey, you. You know what? You can afford that when you're only paying your uh, two goaltenders uh, $1.4 million. So. Yeah, I mean, that's one luxury that the, uh, that the Flyers sort of have, but they need another goalie because Alex Leon cannot back up Carter Hart. How's Carter Hart going to feel... When he's younger than this other guy that he is way fucking better than. You gotta give him at least someone who's like, can at least fill the net on nights yeah. when he's on the bench. Mike McKenna's still in the uh, you know, organization technically. Sure. So, yeah. Better. That's better. Yeah. It's not gonna be Brian Elliott. I think the Michael Neuverth train has run its course in Philadelphia. So maybe you come to some sort of an agreement with Cam Talbot to keep him there cheap. That would be my hope if I'm the Flyers. But... The Flyers have twenty. They have twenty-one million dollars in cap room. Where did they get all that money? Uh, they need to resign Ryan Hartman, Scott Lawton, Travis Konechny, which will be a bit of a doozy. Uh, Travis Sanheim and Ivan Provorov. So um, they're not going to have a ton of cap room, but enough that they can at least find a backup. Maybe plug a couple holes in their lineup if they need. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not going to be a fun year. 
I'm I'm not overly excited about it. Who's the, who's there? Elaine Vigneault. Yeah, that's fine. That's better. That's an improvement anyway. Um, speaking of, no, nah, I can't even use that segue. I was gonna say speaking of improvements. Speaking of getting worse, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are in the news. Have you heard about this? <laughs> the Penguins have um, f- almost five million dollars in cap room. Uh, they have to reach some sort of a solution with restricted free agent Mark Marcus Pedersen. I was going to just call him Mark, like we're buddies, Marky Mark. Um, Matt Cullen, Teddy Bluger, you got Zach Aston Reese, Garrett Wilson, Zach Trotman. Uh, you don't have money for any of these guys. Nope. Really? You don't. Like, it's like, you know, we're not talking about, like, really good players here. Zach Aston Reese is going to make more than, like, $800,000, though. Like, he's a good, like... Two to three million dollar player, can't afford him. He can't, he can't afford him. He's a restricted free agent. So what do you what do you do? Like you trade him for a worse, cheaper guy? That seems like the Jimmy Rutherford way to go. Yeah. Who's the forward equivalent of Eric Goodbranson? Is it Ross Johnston? <laughs> Could be. Hey Lou, it's Jimmy. Lou, are you there? What? Lou, it's Jimmy. Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of another Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Like, I, um, I like the Olimata trade. Did you? You got, you got $4 million off the books, but like... I don't know if it was the right $4 million, though. Yeah, well, it's the, it's the only $4 million on that back end you were getting off the books. I guess so. Like, unless you're trading Chris Letang, which, uh, if you're hoping to win another Stanley Cup under the Sidney Crosby era, I would strongly recommend, um, because he is holding this blue line together with fucking scotch tape, Chris Letang is. And in case you didn't know, Chris Letang is also held together by scotch tape, because the guy's fucking hurt all the time. So, like... I don't know. It's not great. You have a really good goaltender in Matt Murray, um, which helps. You have a really good one-two punch at center with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but, like, I don't know, man. It's really tough in the National Hockey League for those three guys to hold this team together. Well, Latang, four. You know? If they're trading Kessel, that helps money-wise, but then you don't have Phil Kessel. So yeah, is it a good trade? Like you know what I mean? Like if if that Zucker trade went through, Zucker's a fair enough replacement for Kessel, but Kessel's really valuable at six point eight. Is Zucker really that valuable at five point five? Like I honestly think it's a little bit too much, but he's he's pretty good. Yeah. No, uh, it's Sidney Crosby and, and Malkin and Murray and Latang and they'll be fine. Yeah, they're all really they just, good. They may not have to. They may not be able to bring anybody back. This is like this is like yet. Montreal, but even even better yet worse at the same time. Where it's like the whole thing: like, are you ever really going to suck when you have Carey Price? You ever really going to suck when you have Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Murray? No, you're not. Are you going to be any better than you were this year? Maybe not. <laughs> like, it, if you're paying Patrick Hornquist five point three million a year, probably not. If you're paying Eric Goodbranson four million dollars a year, probably not. Jack Johnson makes three point two five million dollars a year until, until seven Jack Johnson albums from now. Like you know what I mean? Forever. So, what do you do? Like, there's just so much 
money locked up in depth. And in a league where you're supposed to take the Patriots way out and not overpay your depth and not over-reward players for shit they've done for you in the past, the Penguins have done that. Or taken other teams' mistakes that they have done. You that, know? that being said, they are getting bargain deals with Malcolm Crosby and Kessel, so there is true. like money to give. Oh no, to true, the depth, yeah. But Sidney Crosby makes eight point <laughs> seven million dollars until twenty four twenty five. Even if Sidney Crosby is a third line center by twenty four twenty five, he isn't yet. <laughs> he's he's still like the second or third best player in the world. He's really fucking good still. Yeah. So you know, and Malkin's probably top ten, fifteen still. So that's great. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, so well, they'll be fine in one sense. Is is do you want to be fine is probably the issue, but whatever. Good for the pens. Uh they drafted Samuel Poulin as well because Jimmy Rutherford is friends with his grandpa. Uh what else we got here? The Washington Capitals fin- finish out the Metropolitan Division. Um speaking of being fine, here's a team <laughs> like uh nothing to worry about if you're a Caps fan. Like yeah. it was just kind of a didn't go your way this year. Yeah. You ran into the wrong team at the wrong time. Um, Connor McMichael is a really good player. Brett Leeson is really, really under... Like, I'm shocked he ended up going like that late in the second round. Uh, that was the only guy that the Leafs passed over to make their pick of Nathan Robertson, where I was kind of like, eh, maybe I'd rather have Brett Leeson. Mm. But I don't know a lot, a lot about Nathan Robertson. I just, I really like Brett Leeson. So, um, yeah, it, it, you know, I would have liked to get Brett Leeson, but it is what it is. Uh, but the Caps got him. That's a good pick for them. I, I think they did a good job this year with their uh, with their draft picks. I think they did a really good job on the Matt Niskanen trade. Radko Gudis, say what you want about him being dirty, which he is, um, but he is one of the better defensive defensemen in the NHL. Like, he, he is. And at 2.345 a year... As long as he's not getting suspended. Like, if you can just tone him down, he's really good. It kind of concerns me having Tom Wilson and Radko Gudis on the same team. I feel like every like the Capitals are just going to go 82-0 and because they're just going to injure everyone this year. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like there's nothing too pressing here. You, you probably want to bring back Smith Pelly. You probably want to bring back Yaskin... Stevenson, Brando's going to be a uh, uh, obviously a, a key, and and Burakovsky is the big fish right now, and um, not a ton of cap space. But if you know if they give half that to Burakovsky, well, then they're they're fine. Well, but the interesting thing about Burakovsky, I guess you must have missed this, was there. There's a really strong chance that they're letting him walk to unrestricted free agency. Um, so that's interesting in and of itself. The reason and philosophy behind it, as far as I understand, though, is because they don't want to pay him as much as his qualifying offer will be. So they don't want to make him a qualifying offer. They'd rather sign him at less than the qualifying offer, but he, understandably so, wants more than that. So it, it seems unlikely that they're going to come to terms there. But the, the good news is, is it's honestly, I don't really think that's a huge loss for them. You, you got money now to sign Connolly. Uh, more importantly, you have money now to sign Verana. Uh, Stevenson is a guy you want back. Orpik is going to be back at probably a million next year. Uh, you do have to sign Christian Juice, and they have nine million in cap room. Like it's kind of tight. Um, but the good news is, is that 
the Capitals are one of those few teams, I don't really think they should have a lot of question marks with the players they already have signed. I really don't like the Carl Hagelin deal, but I'm not going to get too much into that right now. Uh, the good news is the Capitals are still in fine shape. So Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll bounce back. and like, like you said, they just ran into their own team this year, and they could make their way back to the promised land next season. I don't think anyone would be surprised. So, Take me to the promised land. She made up that song right now. And last but not least... Our favorite division, sort of, just because they're, uh, it's like, it's like you got four siblings, right? Okay, well, there, there's four, there's four kids, and the three siblings turned out relatively normal, and you have the one that's just a little nuts, you know what I mean? Like, he lives in the woods, and, you know, fillets fish in the Stanley Cup and stuff like that. And that division, if these divisions were people is the Pacific Division, because this division is kind of nuts. Not a lot of this division makes a lot of sense. I, I like what you said. I, I was, it was confusing sure. along the way to get there. Sure. But, yes, uh, baby brother Pacific Division yes. Um, yes. has some flaws. Ironically, the oldest division. I actually don't know that for sure, but uh, the Kings are in it, and they're old as fuck. And the Ducks are in it, and they're old as fuck. And we're going to start with the Anaheim Ducks. Well, the good thing with the Anaheim Ducks is that there's nothing to talk about. No no restricted free agents, no UFAs, nothing. Um, there's nothing going on in Anaheim. Um, now, I can't remember if I've made this prediction yet, but if I have, I'm changing it because I kind of forgot about something. You uh, can't change a prediction. Uh, well, I think that Capo Caco is going to be the best player to come out of this draft. Okay, and I'm pretty sure Jack Hughes is going to be the next best player coming out of the draft. Part of me thinks that Trevor Zegras might be the next best player coming out of the draft, though. That kid is a freak. He is an absolute freak of nature. What I like about Trevor Zegras is he is very different from you know the Anaheim Ducks' current roster. He's fast. He's talented. He's sort of small a little bit. Like, I like that. It's something different. It changes the identity. And more importantly, he's going to be something exciting to watch. Where, like, I don't really know if, like, Getzlaff and Perry were ever that exciting. They were just good. And you were excited to watch them because they were better than other players. But, like, you put them on a highlight reel and, eh, you know, they're okay. I mean, like, you, you probably take the Hart Trophy over... A guy that's just fun to watch, but I see kind sure. of what you're getting at. Sure, but Zgrass is gonna be fun to watch and really good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my maybe my hot take, but I think he's gonna be the. I'm gonna say the third best player to come out of this draft. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, Bowen Byram. Uh, no, I'll, I'll go Zgrass. Fuck it. Stand by my guns. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Other than that, there's not a lot to talk about. The goaltenders are locked in. You got Ryan Ryan Miller and uh, John Gibson for next year. The defensemen, they're going to need to add to the group because um, they have five signed on their NHL roster and only three of them are NHL defensemen. So they're going to need to plug some other guys in. But um, there's enough younger defensemen like Jacob Larson, like Josh Mahura, who are kind of waiting in the uh, in the uh, pipeline. They have, sh- they have a defenseman named Keenan Thompson. I'm, oh, I'm, Keaton Thompson. I'm sure Dallas Eakins is going to bring a couple of his boys with him too from yep. the AHL. Yep. So. 
uh, on the NHL team, too. They have 13 signed guys, but one of those guys is Patrick Eves, who will likely end up on the long-term injured reserve next year. Ryan um, Kessler. Ryan Kessler, strong chance he ends up in the long-term injured reserve. Uh, it will give them a little bit of money to spend, but I don't think they're super crazy about, you know, getting into the free agent market this year. They're going to kind of see this rebuild through a little bit. Isaac Lundestrom, I think, is going to play in the NHL next year. Max Comtois, I think, is going to play in the NHL next year. Uh, I think Max Jones is going to finally get a longer look in the NHL next year. And Kiefer Sherwood is not bad. He's 24, so he's kind of reaching that end of... You know, is he still a prospect anymore? I think he he's good enough to play regular minutes next year. Um, my my point is that I'm not. Uh, they need to figure some other things out on defense. I don't know if they're going to be that that bad. They might be the worst team in the NHL next year. I wouldn't be incredibly shocked if they're eighty five point team kind of thing. Yeah, they won't be There's the worst. There's a long summer to go, but... They won't be the worst, but it's going to be a couple years before they're seeing the light again. Did you make again. a prediction that they were going to be the worst team in the NHL next year? Uh, yeah, yeah I, you might not have. I just thought it was the Ducks, you said. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sold on Ottawa in that position still. Sure. But, you know. Sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting, too. Um, yeah. Long story short, the Ducks, I think it's another team that rebuilds in pretty good hands, I think. I, I, I like what Bob Murray's started to do anyway seems like they'll be fine plenty of room to make mistakes for sure and um i like their choice for head coach because dallas eakins has finally been named the head coach of the anaheim ducks love the choice so the arizona coyotes james would you care to take us away on the sweet sweet sounds of arizona i had a couple at the bar the other night from arizona now What's interesting about that is I've met a lot of people from Arizona, too, and isn't it strange how it seems like we vacation there and somehow they seem to vacation here? Like, I don't understand that. Is there, like, some sort of an exchange program here in Arizona? <laughs> are, are they, like, our our sister state? Is that a thing? Um, Phoenix. <laughs> What's Phoenix's sister city? It's actually Thunder Bay, Ontario. Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um... She was from Sweden, actually, so she she's living in America with her Phoenix, uh, Arizona husband. That's so, good. Yeah. <laughs> good and talk. Uh, I shit you not, uh, I mentioned... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Fuck some, coyotes. Some, something came up, uh, and it, it led to hockey, and the the wife, who doesn't speak English too well, perks up, oh, we have a hockey team, and I was like, yeah, the, the coyotes, and she, we have a Swede on the team, and I'm like, he's the captain. Nice. And, oh, uh, then they're gonna was... love. They're gonna love their first round pick. They, they got another Swede. Yeah, another Swede on the way. That's awesome. So, well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that the Swedish Arizonians are gonna have something to cheer about next year. As I, uh, I gotta say, if if I had to pick one NHL team where I could meet a person from that team city and expect them to not know that team, it would have been Arizona, like by hmm. far. Like I was surprised that they were aware like just to that like maybe like hey, yeah we right. have a team but like to say that i have a swedish captain and know that is kind of like ah shit like i, I sure. bet i bet you florida fans don't know where barkov's from okay yeah i was gonna say even though it's like maybe the smallest actual city where there are rink where there's a rink uh yeah i would think sunrise would be the most <laughs> someone from sunrise is yeah you guys have an nhl team do we 
Isn't there, isn't there like 9,000 people where you live? How do you not fucking notice that big rock? What? That was a curling rink. How do you know what curling is? Um, yeah, okay. How much time do we have left from the Coyotes? 20 seconds? 50 seconds. Okay. Um, they don't have much to worry about. No. They don't have a lot of cap room. Uh, Lawson Krause is probably going to be a cheap sort of bridge because they, they need to give him another shot. But yeah. um, he's not going to earn a ton of money. Cousins and Archibald are the other RFAs. They've got Ponick and Mario Kempe They're as gone. UFAs. Probably, I think Ponick's gone. I honestly could see them signing Kempe again. And then uh, Calvin Pickard uh, is is pro- he, he he can get more money, so he he yeah. should go. Yeah, yeah, he can get a couple million as a backup. So um, uh, honestly, uh, even though we talked all through this, and I, I don't know how many Arizona Coyotes fans are going to be listening to this podcast, but I will say this. This is another one of the few teams I'm not overly concerned with. This is a team I expect to take a pretty huge step forward this year. And I, I said that this year, and I still think they would have had not been for a massive amount of injuries. Um, next year, hopefully everyone stays healthy. There's also a good chance that you're going to have Barrett Hayton in the lineup. There's a decent chance that Tyler Spur- Steve Steenburgen is going to be knocking on the door here pretty soon. Uh, you got Cam Deneen in the minors. You got Pierre Olivier Joseph in the minors. You also have the aforementioned Victor Soderstrom in the minors, who they uh, traded up to get, and they seem to really be high on. So uh, Arizona, I again, even if they still don't take that step forward, it's coming because there's a lot of good pieces there. Um, playoffs. You think so? Next yeah, I, I, I'd honestly be pretty surprised if they don't. So the Central's gonna be bad, but Pacific's gonna be pretty good. Cool. Playoffs. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we'll get there, you know, in September. We'll talk about that. <laughs> the uh, the Calgary Flames, which uh, I know we need to spend a little bit of time on because we have, a, for some reason, a lot of Calgary Flames listeners. Uh, the, like, maybe more than Leafs fans. It's kind of bizarre. Uh, um, Jakob Pelche, or Jacob Pelche, sorry, uh, was the, uh, the first uh, round pick there. Decent pick. Good, yeah, val- good yeah, value on him. He's, he's a good player in the queue. If, if he can keep going, uh, he's been developing well the last couple of seasons in the queue. If he keeps going with yeah. his trajectory, he's going to be a, a complimentary. I, I could see him being a, a skilled second-line kind of guy. Yeah. At, you know, his it, it's a really interesting pick because there's all this talk, and every year the narrative ends up being by the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, we'll look at all these heavy centers and all these heavy, you know, heavy this, heavy that, and Calgary, having gotten bounced in the first round, takes a kid who does not have a lot of size in the first round. And it kind of shows you that Calgary is interested, and rightfully so, in just getting good hockey players. Like, they're not really concerned about your fucking size. Um, because they already have some guys who are kind of undersized. They added to it. Why not? Because if you can play hockey, what the hell's the difference? Um, you know, I, I, I do sort of buy the... You, you want a little bit of size in the middle. I don't buy it for wingers. I, I don't really think the wing position requires a ton of size. The center position doesn't really. It just helps a lot to be bigger than the other centerman. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and they have a decent amount of size at center as it is. Like, Monaghan is a fucking behemoth. Uh, Backland is huge. So, you know, I'm not too concerned about it. Jankowski, I forgot about him. He's like, he's a Wookiee on skates. <clears throat> no, they, they do kind of find themselves in cap hell. Um, cap hell? Well, is it hell? They've got... 12 million. Call it 13. But they got some big names here that they got. And, and they need a goalie. Like, I don't know what you're doing with Mike Smith. Oh, I didn't notice Matt Kachuk. 
Okay. Yeah. I was like, fucking, I love Mangiapane, but he's not a big name. No, uh, okay. but it's someone you want to keep, right? So he's, he's you got to factor yeah. him in. Kachuk's going to get paid. Sam Bennett's going to get paid-ish. Um, and then, yeah, like David Riddich, what do you give him? Because he's probably your starting goalie next season. So he probably knows that. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's a team I'm kind of interested that did not get a little more creative at the draft and move out someone, like some sort of a salary, just to kind of clear some room. Um, you know, I know Flames fans love him, but like the obvious answer would probably be Derek Ryan because he's the only player that makes maybe more than you want to pay him, but is still sort of worth that money mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? Like James, James, James good luck moving James Neal. He, he, like if Patrick Marlowe cost first round pick, you'd be doing a reverse offer sheet by trading James Neal and giving up your first round pick for a million fucking years, probably to get rid of him right now. Um, but yeah, no, they they actually are in kind of an interesting situation here. It's going to be interesting to see. What do you think a Chuck gets? Because I, I I think there's there's all this discussion with Rantanen, with Point, with Marner. Kachuk to me is the is really the hard one to evaluate. I think the Flames are. I think they have forget to about go, cap space. Like, just I, what is yeah, the right number? I think they have to go long term with him. Um, because if I think if they bridge, I think Kachuk's in a position right now where the Flames are getting better as each year goes on I think Kachuk has been a big part of that I think he's going to keep getting better and if they bridge deal him then it's just going to kind of bite them in the ass later on I, I'd i like to see him somewhere in the 8-8-5 eight, eight, range in terms of a, a number but that is we're talking like 75% of what they have to spend as it is mm-hmm. so it's, it's yeah 77 points, 34 goals, and 43 assists last year in 80 games, uh, 62 penalty minutes. Um, yeah, it, it, Kachuk's a tough one mm-hmm. to me. I, I, I don't really know because, like, he's hard. It's just tough because he brings so much more than scoring. But at the end of the day, do you, do you want to pay a guy $9 million who might only get you 60 points some years? Like, yeah. I'm not saying he will, but I, I don't think he's incredibly skilled. Mm-hmm. He's really good, um, but I'd be really, really cautioned to go over nine million. Especially like, you know, like Mark Stone makes nine and a half million. Can you really compare Kachuk to Stone at this point? Like you can't. Kachuk has a long way to go to to get to that level. And um, but at the same hand, like, do you want to pay him eight million dollars a year? Well, fucking Kevin Hayes makes seven. So like, you know, is that really a fair comparable either? It's uh, it's a tough one. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Flames have some decisions to make. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they shed some sort of a salary here, whether it be Hamannick, uh Ryan, but they need a little more wiggle room because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the good news is they don't need to worry about fixing anything on D. They have a lot of depth at D. They can afford to move a Hamannick because they can plug Rasmus Anderson up in that spot because they have Valimaki, Shillington that need to step in. You know, you can sign Vantenberg really cheap if you need. So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, but... Obviously, goaltending is the big spot of need there, and I, I, I don't I don't really know what the easy answer is there because I'm not really sold on the guys that they have. No, it's but, it's tough. I, I, again, I, I think Riddick's going in next season with the job. His to lose kind of thing, but needs a contract first. So. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Speaking of uh, going into a um, training camp with a job and maybe losing it, uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And it's fun because wh- who was I talking about on that team? Uh, <laughs> could have been talking about anyone. Might have been the fucking coach for all you know. Um, 
Yeah, uh, the Oilers have Connor McDavid. They're good. That was that was all I had to say. Yeah. Uh, Chazon, gone. Ryder gone. Pulleyarvey gone. Maybe, maybe they keep Ty Reddy. I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't see why you'd want to bring back Alex Petrovic, but I guess you could if you wanted to. Uh, you need a backup goalie. Nothing. You know they'll they'll plug a couple forward depth guys in free agency and call it a day. I think there's not a lot to do here. There's there's not like uh, any pressing needs unless there's some trades behind the scene that we don't know about and they're going to be moving uh, people out. I don't know if you got to see. I can't imagine you did because the season's over. So why would you concern yourself too much with off ice activities? But did you get to see the NBA draft? No. So the Edmonton Oilers. The well. During the NBA draft, the third overall pick belonged to the New York Knicks, who drafted Canadian R.J. Barrett. But prior to them drafting R.J. Barrett, there's the little ticker on the bottom, and it kind of goes over, you know, what the team has on the depth chart and what the team needs to add. Mm -hmm. And it said, New York Knicks, team needs. And then it just said, everything. That's the Edmonton Oilers as an as an NBA team. They don't need a superstar forward. I'll give them that. They have one. Might even have two. Uh, yeah. They need to address every other aspect of the lineup because of the goaltending. Um, if Dave Tippett can turn Miko Koskinen into a stellar NHL starter, then I will take back what I said about him. Uh, this this decor. Hooey. Uh the forward core are not much better. Like the the forwards have some guys who can contribute. Like obviously you don't want to pay Lucic six million a year, but he can play on your fourth line. A guy I'm surprised didn't get bought out to be if I'm being honest. Yeah. That's I mean, that's core parent level. Like that's you gotta bite the bullet at some point, I think. But But the good news about Perry was they only need to pay Perry for two more years or well, four more years on a buyout. You buy a Lucic, that's two million of your cap space for eight more years. Yeah, but what could you do with that four million? <laughs> right now, not much, because there's nothing else. There's no one pressing. Like it's not like they have any RFAs that they really desperately need no, to get signed. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like you, may, maybe you're in the Artemi Panarin discussion if you've got four million dollars oh, more. I'm not saying screwed. Panarin's going to come, but at least you could maybe go to the party. Yeah, and then you have more money locked up with nothing else to surround these good players with. Like at a certain point, these high-end players only do so much for you. If you can't ice a third or a fourth line, what good is it then? And the Oilers are nowhere close to having a third or fourth line right. that can compete against almost all of the third or fourth lines in the NHL. They do have the worst bottom six in the league, and probably the worst defense core in the league like it's up there probably cleft bomb is maybe maybe a number one defenseman probably not if he gets to where we thought he would he is yeah but uh, i don't know if he's gonna get there who is even the second best defenseman on that team yeah that's not good he's not amazing yet so um yeah my, my point is that having money tied up in weird spots right now isn't what concerns me 
It's that if you have defensemen better than Brandon Manning, which they do, and you have Brandon Manning making $2.25 million, you need to get him off the roster. Should you buy him out? Maybe not, because you could just bury him in the minors and pay him 1.3 against the cap and bury the rest of the contract, put him in the minors, and fill that spot with someone better. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. But if you have guys taking away roster spots from young guys knocking at the door, that would be the issue to me. And, and you know, Lucic is, but I, I just I don't know that I would buy him out. I don't know if he's the guy to buy out right now. Yeah. Eventually, yeah, you're going to have to buy him out. But, like, I, I don't see him playing until 2023 in an Oilers jersey. But if he does, hey, I'll be happy. I like Milan Lucic. So, um, you know. Yeah. There's the Oilers. The Los Angeles Kings. The City of Angels. The City of Love. Brotherly Love. Well, that's, no, not quite. But. The Windy Angel. They picked Alex Turcotte. Good pick. Uh, Tobias Bjornfoot should be an NHL player. They got Arthur Kaliev, which I... I good for them. It was a second-round pick. That's awesome, because why not? You had a lot of picks this year. Take the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Worst-case scenario, you're wrong. So are most second-round picks. Best-case scenario, you probably got the, the best player in the second round. So that's uh, pretty good. Like a guy who was, on some people's rankings, a top-ten pick. At 33rd overall. So it's pretty fucking good. Um, I, I I think the Kings are moving in the right direction, for sure. I don't want to get too excited well, here. Well, it's but hard it, not to move in that direction, because there's not have no many choice. other directions to move <laughs> no, in. So. No, there's not really a choice. You, you know, you, you got to move forward here. Um, they don't really have a tough offseason here. you got $13 million in cap space. You need to resign uh, Adrian Kempe. And then you could resign Johnny Brodzinski. You could resign Brendan Leipzig. And then the only other guy you have to resign up front is Alex Iafalo. Didn't two we, of the four get signed? Didn't we just say that Kempe was on Arizona? Uh, Mario. There's two Kempes. Uh, I don't even think they're related either. Huh. Uh, you will also got Matt Roy on defense, who uh, I'm just hearing about now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you got Quick and Campbell and Net both signed next year. So yeah. I thought, I thought they had a goalie named Quicken Campbell. <laughs> we are at the tail end of this Quicken uh, Campbell uh, episode, and uh, I'm 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 running out of juice here. And I heard uh, Quicken Campbell, yeah, number, well, number quick, two for the Los Angeles. Kings. Well, I hope I, I hope that the guy who ends up taking over the Los Angeles Kings net in 2032 is Quicken Campbell, just so it all comes full circle. Um. Yeah, so, like, you know, they don't have a lot of... They're like the Oilers. Like, they they probably don't want to have to pay Kovalchuk $6.25 million next year. Uh, they, you know, I, I would say probably should have or definitely should in the future move Tyler Toffoli. Um, but who the fuck are you spending that money on right now? Like, you know... Yeah. If you free up 6.25 on Kovalchuk, what are you freeing it up to do? Who are you signing? You could sign Panarin. He would come. <laughs> He'd come to LA very quickly. But they already have $13 million that they could take to get to Panarin. So it's, well, uh, it's kind and, of a moot point. Uh, and, but that's what, just what I'm saying. is like There's no point in making any moves like that. If you're going into the free agent, mar- free agent market, you should be signing a depth guy on a good term on a good salary that you just think fits in your system and you want to buy him long term yeah. and you sign him now. But other than that, I don't, I don't even have a name that I, I'm suggesting here. Um, hopefully, 
Gabriel Velarde, you know, is ready to go next year, but yeah. They got their cups. You got anything about the Kings? I, I, I don't know. Oh, they're, I'm not worried about them. Yeah, good for they're, them. They, they're fine. No, they're they happy. A, they're they had a great run. Having a great, they're living in California. It's time to turn so it around. They're great. They're fine. Yeah. Um, the Kings are also one of those teams where um, I wouldn't put in the Penguins, Canadians boat in like as long as they have these players, they're going to be good. Uh, there's a decent chance that Kopitar gets like 85 points next year and this team is just like in the fucking hunt more than they should be. Maybe. I, I'm not betting money on it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's yeah, a thing that could happen. But I wouldn't... Uh, I was going to say I wouldn't bet it in Vegas, but I actually probably would because the odds are probably really good that the Kings are, uh, like, good to bet on that the Kings are going to win the Cup next year. You'd make a lot of money. You could. Yeah, I, I'm sure the odds aren't great. Uh, ooh, boy. Here's a big fish. Get it? The uh, the San Jose Sharks, <sighs> baby. What, uh, what say you of... The team that probably has the most to do, and this is including, like, the Leafs that have fucking Marner to sign. The Golden Knights are way over the salary cap. I distinct- this team's got a lot of shit to do. They re-signed Carlson. I distinctly remember us talking about the Sharks recently. For some reason, I can't remember what it was. And just going through their list of guys here. And I, I pretty much stand by the same idea. Like, I'd walk away from Pavelski. I'd walk away from... Haley, I'd walk away from Nyquist, I'd walk away from pretty much everybody on that list except for maybe Timo Meyer. If Joe Thornton's willing to come back for under $2 million, I'd consider it. Uh, I, I think, here's something interesting. I think that the best thing that could have happened for them keeping Thornton on a discount was Patrick Marlowe getting traded from the Leafs and probably coming to San Jose for peanuts. I think Thornton's going to want to stick around if Marlowe's there. I think that helps. I think he Thornton might, would yeah. be willing to take a bit of sure. a cut just to play with Patty again. I'm, I, 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 I could see helps. it. I could see it. But I'm just saying, like, if, if, if he wants anything more than $2 million, no. Walk away. Sorry. It's Jumbo Joe. I get it. Like, everyone wants to see this guy win a cup, but no. Well, like, I can go other way, other places and win could. a cup. There are, there are places that Joe Thornton could get $3 million that are closer to winning a Stanley Cup than San Jose. Sure, point. yeah. You know what I mean? But for so. San Jose, as far as I'm concerned, like, focus on Timo Meyer, focus on Kevin LeBanc, maybe Jonas Donskoy, maybe. I don't know. And then call Don, it Don Donskoy's gone. Donskoy's yeah, gone? I, I, yeah, he's he's going to test free agency, and he's going to get yeah. more than the Sharks can good. get him, for sure. Good, don't need Donskoy's him. honestly a guy, like, going back to what I just said about the Kings, Donskoy would be a guy. That would be, like, the only sort of, like, a Kings think long-term on them, someone to at least score your goals right now, like... That's where Donskoy is going to go, or he's going to plug into someone's lineup. But the Sharks can't pay him what he's no. probably going to ask. Whether or not he's worth it, that's a different matter. But yeah, yeah, that's fine. I uh, it's I don't know San, San Jose. Like they, there's a lot of there's a lot of names here. At the end of the day, focus on Meyer and just get get through it. And, yeah, you know, move on to the next chapter of this team because I don't know. I'm, I'm I think I said it last time. I'm getting real sick and tired of like just hearing about how the Sharks are like this is the year. This is like they're gonna do it now. And yeah, they've had some good years. And there's nothing like I'm not gonna sit here and say like you shouldn't want to have a good season just because just because you don't win the cup doesn't mean you didn't like you know call it a failure. But at some point, like I don't know, it's just maybe time to like move on from the Joes. And so you know how people like I said earlier, people talk about the Bruins like 
okay, this is the year they're going to take the step back. This is going to be the year they take, they take the step back. I feel like I have been alone on a boat by myself in the middle of the ocean yelling, this is the year the sharks are going to suck for years, and they just haven't. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to suck. You'd think. But, like, I, I thought they were done four or five years ago. They just keep fucking going. I don't understand it. They just keep finding guys. They're one of those organizations. They just find guys. Pay them nothing. And they score 20 goals. You know, Jonas Donskoy. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, before we move on, where's Pavelski? Where's he going? Uh... Something, and this is going to be really weird, and I have no logical explanation to back it up. Colorado. Detroit. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why. I just... Don't they, they don't have money, do they? We just did them, didn't we? Yeah. We should know. I don't remember. I thought they didn't have money. Okay, well. I don't know. It just feels detroit Sure. Okay. detroit no, Detroit-y. They got 12 million. Ugh. Uh, okay. The... Speaking of big fish, can I make that joke twice oh, in a row? Good lord. This week's sponsor, Airedale. <laughs> that would have been the best. Oh, is it too late? No, I'm not going to do one. Uh, speaking of big fish, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they're not really a big fish, but they could they could be a little interesting. Uh, Brock Besser needs a contract. Uh, okay, apparently that's it. Um, yeah, Brock Besser needs a contract. Everyone else is probably shit out of luck, but... Um, they have $17.5 million, almost $18 million in, in uh, cap space. A lot of talk about them being in the Panarin sweepstakes, potentially. Um, They're definitely in the Zaitsev sweepstakes, I can tell you that. Sure, yeah, that seems a wise thing to spend part of that $17 million on. Um, they have more guys on this roster, I would say, uh, than any team we've come across tonight other than Detroit, maybe, that just screams buyout city. Whew, they have a lot of dead weight. But they're not through the rebuild yet, so, you know, they need to worry about this eventually. My thing is that I think Vancouver's going to take another step forward this year. And they have... Who the hell gave Ryan Spooner $3 million? Yes. Yes. Okay, continue. Um, yeah. Well, no, Spooner makes $3.1 million for another year. Uh, Brandon Sutter... One of the worst analytic players in the NHL makes 4.375 for the next two years. Pearson at 3.75. Maybe there's still, still maybe there's still some life there. I wouldn't bet your money on it. You got Roussel at $3 million for three more years. You got Jay Beagle at $3 million for three years. The Vancouver Canucks heard everyone say, don't overpay your depth. And then they went and overpaid someone else's depth. Just on their team. Um, so forward, there's a lot of deadweight salary. Um, Edler just re-signed, so you got him, which I don't know if that's a positive or a negative. I'm just saying that that's a thing. Um, they have some work to do to maybe re-sign some bodies on the back end because their decor is... Uh, it drops off really fast. You, you have a decent top four. Decent. Drop, drops off? When did it When did it take off? No, I just mean it drops off in quality really fast because like, you have Edler, you have Tanev who are solid second-pairing guys. Um, you have Troy Stetcher, who's a good third-pairing guy. You have Quinn Hughes, who, uh, at his worst, is going to be an NHL defenseman this year. At his best, eh, maybe he'll win the Norris, but I wouldn't bet your... Well, nah, actually, that'd be a good prop bet. Quinn Hughes for the Norris. Um, 
After that, Alex Biega, who, um, it's hilarious. He keeps getting contracts with Vancouver. They've had this guy for like 40 years, I think. Just keeps getting deals. It's crazy. Um, the good news if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, really like Thatcher Demko's uh, long-term outlook. I really like Michael DiPietro's long-term outlook. But Jacob Markstrom has actually taken some huge steps forward in the last since the start of 2019. He since got, Christmas, he's taken a lot of steps forward. He got the same number of Vesna votes as John Gibson. Now, I don't agree with the actual thing that they should get the same amount of votes. I wasn't upset that Markstrom got a vote. Um, because he was one of the best goalies in the second half of the season. But, you know, that only goes so far because, you know, the Vesna is who's the best goalie this season, not who's the best goalie right this second. So, yeah, you know, because the answer should be Carey Price almost every year. Probably. It was Lundqvist for like nine years, but he only won like, what, one Vesna? Yeah. Maybe two? So, you know. Okay, you done with Vancouver? Yeah, no, sorry, I was, I was just, oh, okay. I had a point, I'm just, it, my computer's okay. taking a, a yeah, little take second here. Um, they still have Jet Woo. Yeah, they, uh, their draft pick was kind of... Uh, uh, Ooh, yes, I wanted to bring that up. Um, okay, so here's what the one thing I don't understand, is how can you spend nine months to a year, maybe more, scouting players? You're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on man hours, expenses flights to fly people out to watch these players you sit in a room and say we have the 10th overall pick what are we going to do with 10th overall and talk about it for hours and days and weeks you can't find one person who works for your entire organization to go up to the microphone and say this player's name correctly one time because tom harley thomas was one thing Vermilion's Potsloven was a different fucking matter. How did that not get blown up on Twitter? Everyone's freaking out about Harley Thomas. Stan Smeal's a fucking works for the Canucks. He's like Dow Stars guy was an owner. He doesn't fucking need to know anything. He's just a billionaire. He's an idiot. He can say whatever he wants. This guy works for your team. He's a hockey player. Stan Smeal can't even fucking say his name. Then don't send Stan Smeal up to talk about the player that you're hoping is going to contribute to turning your franchise around. Uh, I love the pick, uh, yeah. by the way. But um, yeah, Nils Hoglander too is a sneaky pick. That uh, you know what? If you can't too, afford but... a Nylander, go get yourself a Hoglander. Mm-hmm. Is Nylander a car, and then Hoglander is a bike because it's a hog? No, it's like a pig. Right, yeah, how did I not see that? That was right in front of me the whole time. Uh, thoughts about the Canucks? Do they make the playoffs next year? No. Oh, God, <laughs> oh God no. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the Canucks turning the thing around, but... Oh, uh, they're getting better, There's but... just so much fucking deadweight salary, like the f- wings. It's like, man, I don't know. Like, they just they have to put some of these guys on the ice. You can't buy out Jay Beagle and pay him a million dollars a year. For the next nine years, you can't buy them out. Same with Roussel. You can't buy any of these guys out short of fucking Spooner, but Spooner's not really bad enough that I think you need to buy him out. If Gibson, Just dead weight. If, if Gibson stays healthy and has uh, a good season next year, um, the Canucks oh, will finish last in the division behind the Ducks. Okay. Yeah. Sure. 
where I'm. Yeah, no, I'm 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 solely on the uh, Edmonton Oilers are moving to Albuquerque train, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, we finish off last but not least, and arguably the most interesting sort of team to look at. I can't start the timer. It's just, this might take a few minutes. The Ve- Vegas Golden Knights. I have more money than Vegas. And I don't have a lot oh, of money. Oh, nice. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I have positive money in my bank account, although the Kenora Booze Fund turned out to be a lot more than I thought it would be. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, for and those, they just signed an extension today. For those of you who are not aware, the Vegas Golden Knights are the only team in the NHL that are over the salary cap for next year. Before this year's clock has even turned over. <laughs> it's kind of impressive considering they didn't exist it's two shocking. years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really shocking. People were wondering people were wondering two years ago, how are they gonna get to the cap floor? You they, spent it already? Sell off all these parts. <laughs> Who trusted these guys with all this money? What kind of crack whore owners do they yeah. got in that yeah. organization? Spe- speaking of crazy billionaires, <laughs> like holy shit! Um, yeah, so the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have spent or are projected to spend eighty three point one two four million in cap space for next year. Uh, that is about a million and a half over the cap, give or take. Is that before or after the Carlson extension? That is. That is before. Yeah, that's so. That's they're like, yeah, it's, it's not good. Okay, it's really not good. Um, so to to break it down for you folks, um, they are going to need to move two or three depth pieces, or one big fish. What do you think they do? I, I think they're moving a couple big fish at this point because okay. you gotta you still need a backup goalie. Um, you don't have enough defensemen at this point, and I'm assuming they're going to try to bring back Derek Anglin cheap. Um, and then you're talking about letting every player, like all of their UFAs and RFAs walk, which I, doesn't seem like a great business model, but could work for them, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know what the answer here is. Cause I'm, I'm looking at this lineup and I'm thinking like, yeah, I mean, like maybe Cody Eakin, uh, Ryan Reeves for sure, and and Eric Halla are probably the three guys that you could you could make the argument that they're being overpaid. Okay, the rest of these guys are they're making pretty much like you're getting marks on at nine five. That's a steal. Like there's nothing to complain about there. A lot of these guys are making pretty much what they're worth, as far as I'm concerned. But you just got too many guys. They have a lot of cap friendly deals. They do. They're, they just have too many guys. Like, and this was the whole thing that killed me. Is like you know. Like, everyone talks about St. Louis having this good value. Because, yeah, they just won the Stanley Cup. You just saw these guys win every night. But, like, you can't tell me over the course of an eight, of a 100-game season every year that Jaden Schwartz is is 100% worth, like, $8 million a year and 5.3 is a steal. It's it's not. He's mm-hmm. worth 5.5, 5, yeah. 5.9. Um, Mark Stone at 9.5 is fair. You could argue Pacioretty's worth more. He has been in the past. Maybe he isn't at this point. Stasny, 6'5", about fair. Jonathan Marcheseau at $5 million a year is unreal. The extension that they just signed of William Carlson at 5.9 is unreal. 
That right. is unbelievable. Right. To get William Carlson under 6.8, that is incredible. Because yeah. he is one of the better defensive forwards in the NHL, of course, doesn't get recognized. Yet, Philip Deneau does. And the problem here, um, too, is that, like, every one of their big-ticket guys, who, again, as we said, isn't necessarily, like, that expensive, but they're all... They all have no trade clauses. They all have no movement clauses. You you can't necessarily go in there and decide that you're going to trade off $7 million to make a little bit of room because that won't cover your uh, expected costs here. Like You can't just move one $7 million guy out and be camp compliant. You're going to have to move a few pieces here. Mm-hmm. And, like I'm, just not, I'm not seeing where the money is going to add up to get you out of the hole because by the time you put a backup goal in this roster, even if you get the guy at league minimum... You're talking about eight to eight point five dollars or a million dollars that you have to clear out just to be compliant. That's tough. Yeah. Where where are you gonna do it? What do you what are you gonna do, George? One Kelly. Uh, <laughs> the positive uh, thing yeah. <laughs> is that fear. Um one good thing is that if you move out a guy like Howla and a few other guys like Cody Glass coming up should be able to play this year if you, if you have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have decent players in the system that they can bridge the gap if they need. But it's obviously not ideal. They they need to be careful about what they do. Uh the one thing I will say though about all this in Vegas is that even though they are this much above the cap this is sort of a good problem to have because I, I want to go back to what I just said a few minutes ago was they don't really have any bad deals. No, like, they don't. They have a lot of guys that's, on that's good contracts. Thing. And so the good news is, like, you know, to move Riley Smith out at $5 million a year, if that's the ca- if that's one of the casualties, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, most teams are going to consider Riley Smith at $5 million a year. Panthers won't be one of them because they gave him to you for free and included Jonathan Marcheseau, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. You know, to keep Alex Petrovic. But that's beside the point. Yeah. You know, no, current just... current Edmonton Oiler, unrestricted free agent Alex Petrovic, you know. But that's beside the point. Former Edmonton Oiler healthy scratch Alex Petrovic over Riley Smith and Jonathan. But that but that's beside the point. <laughs> Go Florida. <laughs> um, it, it's a good problem to have because I think, like, even, like, like you were saying, Eakin... One more year at three point eight five, you find most teams will probably take Cody Eakin for that. Right. I'm like, just like my my thing. I keep going back to is just that like it's not you can't just say I'm going to trade Cody Eakin and fix this. Like you're going to have to trade Eakin yeah. and Reeves oh, yeah. and Halla and maybe more at the end of the day. Like you're talking a big number. You're not you're not five hundred thousand dollars over the limit. You are. A roster like an NHL star well, first line player over the limit. Mm-hmm. That's tough, especially when you can't necessarily move any of your stars who have no trade clauses. Seventy, seventy-seven. Now, one thing I will consider within this problem, though, that number is closer to accurate because it doesn't take into account David Clarkson being on the LTIR yet either. So that number will go down a little bit. He's included in this uh, in this amount because uh, if you do the math, forty nine point seven two or two seven five plus twenty one plus seven, you know what I mean. They they are closer to an accurate number, so it it, it isn't horrible, and the, and they can get out from under it. But um, this is a team that wants to compete for a Stanley Cup. Is the point? 
So they need to be careful about how many assets they do move out. And at the end of the day, if they go into the season with a million and a half of cap space or maybe less, you know, they're one of the few teams where I think they can be comfortable with that because this team has to take a look at it. You know, say they move a couple guys out and and they consider moving Cody Eakin. What they have to take a look at is, would you rather move Cody Eakin to have the cap space? Would you rather just keep Cody Eakin instead of making a trade deadline move? And you just, you have to stand pat this year and hope the team does well. Because Vegas is one of the few teams, like, this is crazy still that we're saying this, but like, Vegas one of the few teams I think can go in the year and just be happy with their roster. Because I, I, I think it's good enough. And it's easy to say that because, you know, they've spent a trillion fucking dollars to put this team together. But mm-hmm. they're in a good spot in that sense. And whoever they move out, you know, it's going to hurt, but they are a team. There are a lot of good deals. There are a lot of guys that are paid the right amount of money here. And so it's not like if you're a team with one or two bad contracts where you move them out, you know, now you got this other anchor weighing down your salary cap situation, everything like everyone's paid fairly. Everyone's in the right spot. This is a well-constructed team. And at the end of the day, they should be able to find a way to do it, but it is going to be challenging. And someone's, someone's got to move. Go. <laughs> someone's got to go. Yeah. It's the end of the day. There's going to be a casualty no matter what. So, um, Nick Holden at 2.2. Whoosh. Okay. Is that it? Is that all 31 teams? Oh, and I like their draft pick, Peyton Krebs. I couldn't believe he slipped that far, even with the injury. Hmm. That blows my mind. But I'm not familiar with Mr. Krabs. Uh, Mr. Krabs. Uh, Peyton Krebs was for, for a top 10 pick who has a torn Achilles tendon, so... Uh, but it's a partial tear, so there's actually good chance that he will come back stronger than he was. That's terrifying. Yeah, one of the one of the few good injuries, if you can call it that. Yeah, he was in a lot of pain the other night, but he seems like a cool dude. Seems like a good family. I like that pick a lot. I think I hope he turns into a really good player because he'd be a fun guy to have as like one of the faces of your franchise. It seems like a good kid. Yeah, right mm-hmm. on. Okay, Krabby Patty night coming soon in Vegas. Cr- See you at the Krebs table. I'm Brute Spataglia, ESPN. Okay. Yeah, I can't follow anything. You're done? That, yeah, that okay, was, all right. That was a... Okay, so that that's your free agency preview slash draft wrap-up. Sorry if we didn't talk about your team's favorite uh, new... 12 year old kid but uh yeah you know we uh we don't have time to it took us like seven hours to do so well it didn't really but um follow us on twitter like us on facebook you can hear us on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify google Podcasts, clomper portugal radio um yeah that's everything i think that's it okay okay i'm on vacation this week so this this is likely it until after the free agency period. So happy free agency to you, Jimmy. Happy free agency period to all of our listeners out there. I hope your team inevitably makes a mistake because all free agency signings are a mistake. And <laughs> just start spitting my propaganda into the microphone, you know. Whoa, Bruce. Whoa, easy. A- Area fifty one. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll reconvene once we'll be back general next managers week. have made a bunch of terrible decisions about the future of their franchises. We'll be back next week for what is, I guess, our unofficial season. It's our official season finale, but like I don't know, we might have an interview over the summer. We we, we got were, John booked for that episode or what? Uh, I'll work on it. Yeah. We were also planning on doing a uh, our we were going to rank the players by position. We never ended up doing that, so that might be a summer episode. So I don't know. Well, I guess we're never going away, but we'll you know. 
will be checked out as of next week. Nice. Everyone at home's thinking like, holy fuck, this is not checked out. Bobby Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> well, about time for me to be hitting the old dusty trail. I like your hat, 